Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Recorded live.
defended yourself with a gun. You've been booked for manslaughter, but it was self-defense. You go to court. Your bail is set at $100,000, but the legal defense you subscribe to doesn't cover that much. You still have legal jeopardy ahead, which would wind up costing even more money and time, and now you're beginning to really worry. Self-Defense Fund provides bail up to $100,000. We are a comprehensive litigation membership, backing you on appeals, legal expenses, court costs, and more. Discover selfdefensefund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time. Hello, I'm Gary Wilcox with Pet Floors of Houston. We specialize in luxury vinyl tile installations for your home or your office. We sell a high-performance floor that is perfect for anyone who has dogs or cats or is trying to get a floor that just looks beautiful without nearly the maintenance that other floors have. It's a heavy-duty commercial PVC product. It looks like wood or stone or tile. This is a floor choice that you find major retailers have in their stores or intimate cafe or even your fast food restaurants. The adhesive that we use is waterproof. The product is waterproof, and so therefore, you can use a bleach water solution, clean it right up, and you're back to normal. It doesn't hold any odor, it's realistic, it's hygienic, it's affordable, and there's no click, click, click noise on it when you walk on this floor. It's just amazing. We've been in this house for about eight years, and we've had some hardwood floors down, and it was really one of those things where they were looking worn and need to be refinished, and we were really looking for an alternative. We found Gary with Pep Floors, and he came out and measured. The measurement process went very easily, and when it came to installation time, they came out here, did a fine job. The installers were great, and service has been great ever since. I love my new floors. They're great, extremely durable, and they just look beautiful. From a cleaning standpoint, from an overall care standpoint, you don't even have to think about what you're doing. It's, it's, there's no special care. It, it's really nice. 
actually have a mobile showroom so I can come out to your home or offices at a time that's convenient for you and I can show you the samples that would look right in your home. I can even help you make decisions and coach you through this. It's not like I've done this one or two times, but I've done it many, many times. So give me a phone call and I'm happy to come out there. I do estimates for you right there on the spot and it's all free of charge. Pet Floor of Houston. PetFloor.com. Tejas Smoke Depot wishes you well. Locally owned and operated, we have all sorts of tobacco products. Come take advantage of our sale on vapor products up to 50% off. Thanks for listening to us on the Dot Green Show on ABRN, RER, Facebook, or YouTube. We are located at 1639 West Highway 290 in Fredericksburg. Like us on Facebook, Tejas Smoke Depot in Fredericksburg, Texas. As you know, this is the final stage in your examination. It's a rather informal test in which we try to get some line on your ability to think on your feet. Your reaction to stress and pressure. Clear your desk. Get your number two pencil ready. If you are ready, the Inquisition is about to begin. Nobody Spanish Inquisition. If you have questions, please refer them to the chat room and make them good. Go ahead. Make my day. yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, Bunk? Live from Houston, Texas, a man who calls it like he sees it, without the normal political correctness you may have grown comfortable with. It's time for the Texas Perspective on current news and events. This show is not for the faint of heart or easily offended. Chances are you will learn something and along the way get to hear some great music from bands you may have missed. The doctor is in and he will see you now. Well, I guess we better get on with it. Yes, the doctor is in and we are going to get on with it. Welcome to the show, guys. Glad to have you here today. Oh, man. It is wonderful out there. It's a balmy 70 degrees right here outside the studios, and we are absolutely in love with it. An incredible day. And once again, I have a permanent smile on my face just knowing that uh, President Donald Trump is large and in charge. The guy's doing an amazing job. Look at the cabinet he's assembled. There are only five positions left to be filled now. All, I mean, talk about an all-star cast. You know, we go out, we we uh, want to see a good movie. We see one with an all-star cast. We know they spent a lot of money on it. It's going to be probably a good movie. Uh, well, what about Donald Trump? I mean, look at what this guy is doing. <laughs> it's an all-star cast, guys. Nobody has ever assembled a cabinet like this in the history of the United States. And you'll likely never see it again. I mean, when the Democrats get in power, what do they do? They they go out and they find all of their campaign donors. And, you know, the guys that like own Solyndra and other bunch of other solar panel companies and whatnot. And they say, hey, remember all the millions of government contracts we gave you? And then uh, you turn around and spent that money on getting Democrat voters? Well, now you're going to be rewarded. Uh, you, Mr. Jonathan Smith, are going to now be the... Uh, ambassador to Chine. <laughs> I know you don't speak Chinese. I know you don't know anything about the Oriental cultures. 
But you did give us a lot of money, and this is a plum job. You're going to get paid a boatload of money to do it. You're going to make a lot of good business contacts, and uh, this is your reward for helping us out. That's the way the Democrats have always done it. Everybody gets, uh, gets a job based on how much they supported the policy. And somebody pointed out that uh, Donald Trump was not the first guy to put some generals in his cabinet. Uh, Barack Obama put generals in his cabinet. Yeah, he did. He put them in there, but as soon as they spoke up, he fired them. He didn't like that. Uh, you know, Barack Obama had his own thing going on. So uh, he didn't want to see that. But, I mean, just an absolute amazing cabinet that's being put together by Donald Trump. And uh, so uh, I, I'm just totally excited about it. I, I just, uh, I, I, you know, like I say, I woke up this morning, got a, got a permanent smile on my face. So uh, let's see, Francis got something to say here. I was listening to Francis' show this morning. You guys ought to check it out. It's pretty good. Yeah, putting together all-star teams to achieve a goal is what successful CEOs do. Well, certainly it is. Certainly it is. So, um, and here's another story of outrage. (laughs) Democrats outraged as Trump keeps apprentice credit saying it's akin to Obama's golfing. (laughs) President-elect Donald Trump may be giving up his salary, but he will be staying on as the executive producer of the reality show Celebrity Apprentice. Oh, oh, man. Well, see, Democrats don't have this problem because Democrats, by and large, have never had real jobs. They've never actually had to achieve something to make a living. And Donald Trump is a—he's a businessman. He—he he does a lot of stuff. He's—he's uh, always doing stuff. So, it's really upsetting them that a he's going to continue to be the executive producer on this show, and b that his companies are going to keep on making money uh, while he's the president. And and that just irks the Democrats to no end because what what uh, Democrats like to see is they like to see some. Uh, essentially penniless uh, policy wonk that knows nothing about anything, has never earned an honest dollar in his life, and I like to put those guys in government, and they go in there, and they're basically broke, and then they come out, you know, four to six years, and they're multimillionaires, and they know everybody. That's the way the Democrats like to do it. So the very thought of a guy like Donald Trump that actually has done things in his life, has created things, and now he's going to keep his executive producer credit on the show. Now, I haven't watched The Celebrity Apprentice in several years. Uh, not that I don't like it. It's just I don't have a lot of time, and so I have to be very careful what I do watch. I have been wanting to see it, though, because I understand Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to be the new guy. And uh, I thought that might be amusing. You know, Ar- Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, saying, you're fired. You know, or Arnold Schwarzenegger saying, you won't be Bach. You know, I, I, uh, I don't know. Uh, but I'm weird like that. I thought it might be good. So uh, so whether it's President Obama or President Donald Trump, the idea that these men are going to be all work and nothing else all the time is a little unrealistic, um, said uh, Conway. Uh, it's never happened in our lifetimes. It's a mystery to us all, even when he sleeps. He's just all high energy, she said. Um yeah, well, Donald Trump is a go-getter kind of guy. I mean, he just doesn't quit, but he's lived healthy his whole life. He doesn't drink, he doesn't smoke, doesn't do drugs. So, uh, you know, what else are you going to say about this guy? It's, uh, it's pretty cool to me uh, to see what he's doing. 
I do have some Texas news, but this this is the stuff that's attracting my attention right now. This is important. Strap in, guys. The story I'm about to bring to you. I don't know if anybody else has covered it today, either on Raging Elephants Radio or even right here on American Voice Radio, but this is an important story. Geert Wilders, or Geert Wilder, depending on how you pronounce it, I had a, a Dutch radio show t- tell me how to say it exactly, and and uh, I believe it's uh, Geert Wilder. Geert Wilder. Uh, they're calling him a far-right politician. But uh, he has been tried and found guilty. He has been convicted of discrimination and hate speech. Geert um, Wilder is a real man. And see, he's got a good brain. And he looks around and he sees all of the havoc that the Muslims are wreaking upon his beloved country. He's watching the multitude of rapes, the beheadings, the stabbings, the shootings, the airports being blown up. He looks at all of these guys and he says, wow, every one of these, there's a Muslim involved. And then he goes out and he talks about it. He says, uh, you know, this is not good for our country. We can't, we can't be having this. Um, he said uh, there's a 2014 incident that actually caused him to be charged where he urged his supporters to chant that they wanted fewer, fewer, fewer Moroccans in Netherlands. Of course, the Dutch Moroccan uh, Muslim minority was outraged because they said, well, how are we going to, I mean, there's, there's not even any pretty women in Morocco. We don't want to rape women in Morocco. We want to come here and we want to do it in Holland where they have prettier women. Uh, this is where we want to do our raping at. This is where we want to do our pillaging. This is where we want to cut people's heads off and, and assault people and, and set off bombs in the airport. This is, what we, this is where we have chosen to operate our battlefield. And uh, the Moroccans are just completely upset that there's anybody out there that doesn't like that. Because, I mean, there's got to be something wrong with you in the uh, Muslim's mind if you don't understand that they have a divine Allah, Allah Satan, uh, given right to rob, kill, and destroy. That everything is there for their pleasure, for their enjoyment. And uh, you, as an infidel, should just accept it. And, and just just uh, live with it, you know, or die with it, as may be the case. Uh, but the court says they had legally and convincingly proven that Yerwilder had insulted Muslims from Morocco as a group. Hate speech, they said. Hate speech. Why does Yerwilder hate these poor little killing, raping Muslims. Why does he hate them? Why does he not enjoy the fact that they're out there killing and raping everybody? Um, so the court has stepped in, and they have charged him. And they've said, uh, you know, you're Fielder. We're not going to allow you in the future. We're not going to allow you to say hateful things about these Muslims. They do indeed have a divine right to rob, kill, steal, and destroy, to rape your young girls, and to destroy their lives, to pollute the gene pool. And, and uh, you're Wilder, we just don't like your kind around here. I mean, what's the matter with you that you would stand up and, uh, and count yourself and say that the Dutch uh, people deserve better? 
What's the matter with you, Yielder? Now, because the court, like Allah, is all merciful, even though they found him guilty, they are not going to send him to jail. Nope, they decided not to impose the sentence on Yielder because as the conviction was punishment enough for the democratically elected lawmaker whose country is being overrun by Muslims. So uh, Yert Wielder is planning on uh, appealing his conviction. He has two weeks to do so. Because he is a Dutchman, because he believes that the European Union is a bad thing for Holland, he's made somewhat of a name for himself. Kind of like Nigel Farage. I love Nigel Farage. Often provoking outrage with his remarks. I mean, the very fact that he thought they should have fewer uh, Muslims uh, coming there and destroying the country. How outrageous is a remark like that? Jürgen Wielder said his uh, trial is politically motivated in order to damage the image of the Dutch party for freedom headed by Wielder, which has become the most popular party in opinion polls in Holland, <laughs> or in the Netherlands, if you will. And um, <laughs> the most popular party in opinion polls in the Netherlands. <clears throat> yeah, so they had to find him guilty of hate speech, because you can't allow, you can't allow this to be popular. I mean... Good Lord, man! We just had Brexit. Are we going to have? Are we going to have, uh, have uh, Netherit? I don't know. Netherixit? I don't know. The Netherlands, Holland, the Dutch. Yeah, they might be leaving the European Union. That'd be horrible, or maybe not. Not if you're Dutch. Anyway, in a tweet following the announcement of the court's decision, Wilder said his conviction was madness, and he called the judges haters. Because they're the ones that are hating the far-right policy. Oh, there goes UPS bringing Christmas cheer. So anyway, in a videotaped response to the verdict later Friday, Yielder said his conviction was an attempt to silence him before the national election in March. But he said, I will not be silenced. Well, I got a little message for Yert Wielder from Texas. You're, we think you're awesome. We think you're amazing. We hold you in high regard. We salute you, sir. However, you'd better watch your back. Because this is just the sort of thing that gets people killed. I mean, Andrew Breitbart, he may have died of natural causes, but I don't know. I kind of think not. I think uh, Justin Antonin Scalia, yeah, it's possible he died of natural causes. But the fact they ordered no autopsy be performed in violation of state law makes me think otherwise. Look at the Clinton body count. You're a builder, you're playing with the big boys, and some of the big boys are nasty. And so I would, I would strongly urge you to uh, be very careful, make sure that you indeed have some security going on over there, because uh, there are people that aren't, aren't just going to like you. And, of course, in a sad story involving the death of a man, according to this, 
Alabama death row inmate Ronald Smith appeared to be struggling for breath up to 13 minutes before he breathed his last. He clenched his fist. He raised his head after apparently being administered the first sedative in a three-drug cocktail. A Department of Corrections captain performed two consciousness checks before administering the next two drugs that would stop his breathing and his heart. Tests involved calling out his name, brushing his eyebrow back, and pinching him under his left arm. We did follow protocol, but he was executed by lethal injection, and, and it's just horrible. It took him 13 minutes to die, 13 whole minutes. Didn't take that long, however, for him to kill that uh, convenience store clerk, Casey Wilson, in 1994. He first pistol whipped him, inflicting great pain and fear, and then shot him in the head. Why? Well, he wanted the 50 bucks in the drawer. So it's just a shame it took 13 minutes for this guy to die. It's a shame that no one beat him with a pistol before he was given his peaceful sedatives to execute him quietly and slowly. But uh, I, for one, I'm glad he's dead. Hope he made his peace with his God before he did pass from this world into the next, in which case he's happier than all of us, assuming that he did that. Of course, there are indeed are no guarantees that he actually, actually did that. But nonetheless, we hope that's the case. So um, we got a lot of other stuff we want to cover here today. We're going to try to get all of this in on the show. For those of you that uh, listen to Raging Elephants Radio, uh, you probably enjoyed the uh, the Holly show. She usually does my Friday show over there, and she did a fabulous job today. But I want to talk about Texas now. Property tax. Now, I don't know what state you live in. I don't know if you got property tax where you live. I can just tell you that here in Texas, we absolutely indeed do have a property tax. And the property tax in Texas is without a doubt, totally immoral. It's immoral, and it should be done away with. So I was looking for my channel on Facebook here, too, because I know I know I got some folks in there. See if I can find it. Can't find your own channel on Facebook. The property tax is totally immoral. The property tax must be done away with. There we are. Uh, Brenda, how are you? Good to see you in there. Wendy Goff, good to see you. And uh, Steve Malloy, good to see you in there today. Thank you for joining the show. We got, oh, and, and uh, Wendy Tyndall is in there. She's, she is a cutie from California. So I got two Wendy's in there, one with an I, one with a Y. That's, that's pretty impressive. And Cindy Clark and Essa Faulty, probably a Faulty Towers. So uh, I don't know if I'm reading that right. So, uh, and, oh, no, and the Bacon Masters checked in. Uh-oh. Well, we're in trouble now. We are in trouble now. Essa Fatty. I don't know who Essa Fatty is. <laughs> but I'm glad to have all you guys in there. So uh, anyway, yeah, Brenda says she's struggling to pay her property taxes again this year. 
it's it's just it's immoral. I've talked to more and more people that are having trouble paying their property taxes. And then and normally I'd urge you to go down there and complain about it. But you know, last time I went down there to complain about my taxes, I ended up getting slammed against the wall, handcuffed, and and I uh, had uh, five police officers coming out of the elevator low ready to haul me away. So you got to be careful when you're complaining down there. But anyway, according to Ross Ramsey, it's hard to get property tax relief out of state government that does not levy a property tax, but it's tempting turf for politicians in Texas, and they're going to try to meet again in January. Well, I think what what Ross Ramsey is referring to here is that uh, while a state does get a property tax, they're not the ones that levy it. It's the appraisal districts. See, our politicians are absolute geniuses. They said, look, man, we don't want to have people thinking bad about us for property taxes. Let's create a non-elected bureaucracy, put people in there, and they'll actually do all the taxing for us, and then they'll just send the check to Austin. But that way we as politicians have cover. Well, the hoopla has not left town because Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick is again making property tax relief a priority, and Paul Bettencourt, my friend, uh, who replaced Patrick as the senator, held hearings across the state and found exactly what he was looking for. Texans are absolutely mad about paying some of the highest property taxes in the entire United States, and they're pledging relief. You see, this is the dirty little secret. Everybody around, around Texas, they look at us and say, wow, you guys are so lucky, you don't have an income tax. <clears throat> no, but we got property taxes that scare the hell out of you. So... Um, Anyway, state doesn't levy a property tax. That is unconstitutional. But state lawmakers don't have, to power, don't have the power to raise and lower those taxes. That is left up to the local governments, the school districts, the cities, the counties, the hospital districts, and the like. And they are the only bodies allowed to tax property in Texas. When state pro- lawmakers take the blame for high property taxes, they'd be within their rights to redirect those protests to the city, county, county and school officials. But that is politics, so they promise to fix things and hope to win credit if and when the situation should improve. It hardly ever does, at least in this category, because Texas has no income tax and has demonstrated no yearning to have one. So we rely heavily on sales taxes for state and local income and property taxes to pay for schools and other local services. One of the problems we have here is that our school districts are independent quote-unquote, school districts are totally out of control. Our school districts are run by nincompoops that have absolutely no brains but an insatiable desire to take everything that you own. Our school districts have no shame. It doesn't matter to them. For instance, right here in Cy Fair, they owe something like $2.1 million for every student that is currently enrolled in, in uh, the Cy Fair Independent School District, K-12. through It doesn't bother them that they already owe that much money. It doesn't bother them that they've already spent most of that, except for, I don't, I don't know, I think they have something like $5 million in the stock market they play with. God help us, the stock market ever crashes, because then we'll be in real trouble. But these guys have an insatiable appetite for your money. They want to build stadiums that would have been Super Bowl quality just 15 or 20 years ago. Only now, they're uh, middle school and high school stadiums. They want to uh, have the absolute best of everything. They want these beautiful, lovely, landscaped, air-conditioned facilities 
because it makes them feel good when they show up for work every day to work in such palatial surroundings. They should not be put upon and have to work and live like most of us do. For instance, if you're in the construction business, uh, you, you work out in the mud and the sun and the muck all day if it's been raining and the dust if it hasn't been. And then if you want a little shelter to have a place to eat lunch, you go into a little trailer uh, where they got card tables set up for you to eat at. That's how the rest of the world lives. But school teachers should not be subjected to that sort of indignity, should they? No, they must have the finest of teacher lounges. So uh, they must have chef-quality people working in the restaurants because the students that are getting free food, the ones that came here illegally and shouldn't even be in the country, but the ones that are getting the free food, well, they're not going to accept just regular old stuff. they got to have really exceptional food. So... Um, of course, I'm one of those guys, when I grew up and I went to the school cafeteria, I loved it. I thought everything was good. I even liked the bologna loaf. You probably haven't had that. Here's what they did is they'd take a whole bologna, you know, kind of like a rump roast. They'd take that whole bologna, and they'd put it in the uh, baking pan, and then they would cover it with tomato sauce, sometimes ketchup, and they would bake that thing for two hours, and then they'd bring it out and serve it to us. Slice off big old hunks of that thing. I liked it. I did. Well, I'm just nuts like that. But I thought it was good. So anyway, this is the real problem. Our schools are out of control, and everybody should be talking to them. In fact, I've had it on my list to do for a year. I want to get the uh, CFO of Cypher ISD to uh, come in here and explain themselves. Anyway, I digress. Texas has the 15th highest per capita property tax according to a study by the Lincoln Institute of Land Policy. The state ranked fourth highest in the nation, however, in the effective tax rate for the median homeowner living in the home that he's being taxed on. Another analysis from the Tax Foundation rates Texas number six overall. I guess you guys are probably disappointed that we're not number one, right? Uh, maybe not. There are 50 states, guys, 57 according to Barack Obama, but there are 50 states, and out of 50 states, if we're coming in at number six, that is not good. The Lincoln study said the average per capita property tax burden in the United States was $1,441 a year compared to 1563 in Texas, and part of that reflects our relatively cheap housing. Thank God for that. But the median U.S. home was worth $167,700 in 2013, while the Texas equivalent was a mere one twenty-eight nine hundred. And that's the other thing I'm telling you. Here's what our Texas guys could do, what our legislature could do, and they could do it in one fell swoop. Raise the homestead exemption to $150,000. Raise the homestead exemption to $150,000 because that's the median price of a home in Texas today. I think it might be $155,000. But then you don't pay any taxes as long as you've got an average house. Now, there's something that all the politicians ought to be getting around because there they can tax the rich. So if you own a $7 million house in River Oaks and you can only exempt $150,000 of that, you're going to pay a boatload of taxes, my friend. Though personally, I think if you live in River Oaks and you got a $7 million house, you should pay zero, nothing, nada. I think what we need to do is quit punishing success and start punishing failure to achieve. 
I think all the taxes ought to be on poor people, personally. That's just me. So um, anyway, the rates here are high. The study said effective property tax rates on owner-occupied housing in Texas are the fourth highest in the United States and 58% above the median rate for all states. According to the Tax Policy Center, a project of the Urban Institute and the Brookings Institution, property taxes account for 40.4% of total state and local and government revenue in Texas and uh, fall in, once again, a number six in the entire United States. The national average is 31.3% of the total, but most states, unlike Texas, have personal income tax in the mix. One more way that we choose to burden the, uh, the homeowner and the taxpayer. All right, we're going to hit this break. Going to be right back. Take it away, Francis. investment in protecting yourself and your family. You've purchased the gun, the ammunition, the training, and even secured a license to carry in your state. You know the Constitution and don't believe you should have to pay for a right that you already have as written in the Second Amendment, but you are law-abiding. Now you are considering the legal defense options you should have if you ever have to use a firearm. Self-Defense Fund is a comprehensive litigation membership backing you on appeals, legal expenses, court costs, and more. Up to $1 million per incident and unlimited attorney costs per member. Discover selfdefensefund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time. Maintaining your home air conditioner is just as important as maintenance on your car. You don't know the big difference there's going to be until you've had the work done. I thought my system was working fine, but now it's better than ever. Galen Beatty did it for me, and he'll do it for you. Good servicing will not only keep your system performing well during the sweltering summers here in Houston, but it will save you money year after year. In my case, it cut my AC power consumption by 20%. Do what I did. Have Galen Beatty set up regular AC maintenance to cut your energy bill and prevent system failure at the worst time. Time. And what's better than being comfortable and saving money? Whether you need a basic tune-up or it's time to put in a new super-efficient system, you should call BDAC, 281-222-9591. That's 281-222-9591 to schedule an AC system tune-up. BDAC and Heat. That's B-E-E-A-C and Heat.com. BDAC and Heat.com. TV and radio are great mediums for mass instruction, but for those times when you just want to hold something in your hands, there is the damn good times. I still love the newspaper, but I'm tired of the liberal bias. That's why I reach for the damn good times. Always full of interesting stories and great information, and you can have it delivered to your doorstep by calling 281-332-5710 or sending an email to news at thedamngoodtimes.com. Just $50 a year will get a full subscription. It's a great gift for all the patriots you know. Do it now. 
Here's an important message from Vita Scientific. If you have high blood sugar or type 2 diabetes, these are serious medical issues that require immediate attention. Did you know that it's possible to actually reverse high blood sugar and diabetes by using simple, natural products proven to balance your blood sugar? It's time to do what I did. Take control of your life. Vita Scientific's clinically tested formula will help you to feel healthy and energetic. These breakthrough supplements, along with small changes in your diet and exercise plan, may be the answer you've been looking for to set you on the path to optimal health. These products will not interfere with your current medical treatments, so start getting excited about feeling great again. Please visit VitaScientific.com or call Vita Scientific at 210-520-8432. That's 210-520-8432 to learn more. Tell them Doc Green sent you and get 50% off your first order. Call now. The doctor is in. And the doctor is in, and we are carrying on here. I wanted to finish this article here by Ross Ramsey. It goes on here while we're talking about property taxes. Once again, the reason why property taxes are immoral is simply there should be a point in time in your life when your house is paid for. And if you never make another nickel, you will be able to live in that home. Does that make sense to you? But you see, hi, Peggy. It's good to see you there, too. And Rodney's there, and he says, outside the courtroom. We're going to have to find out what that's about. But the point is, you ought to be able to pay something off. Now, small things, you go out and you buy it, you pay cash for it, that's it. You own it. You paid the tax when you, when you got it, but now you own it. There won't be any more taxes. And as long as you own that product or service, you'll be able to enjoy it. The same should be true of your home. You should buy a home. There should be a sales tax on the home at the time that you buy the home. But then once you've done that, that should be the end of your taxes. You should never pay again, ever. And there's enough sales going on to pay for all the other stuff that we need to do. That is assuming that we had good stewards in our school system, people who were fiscally honest. Uh, But we don't have that. And that is the problem that we're facing here. Without uh, fiscal accountability in our schools, these property taxes are going to go up continually. And what happens is then you get, uh, you know, the widow, her, her husband worked his butt off, bought that house for her, maybe even built that house for her. And now he's gone and the property taxes continue to double every 10 years. That's the way it works here in Texas. And she's finally reached the point where the choice is, Based on her Social Security check, uh, do I eat uh, this uh, month or do I pay the taxes on my house? Because those are the options that I have. And the end result is they frequently have to sell their house and then move into a group home. I say that is wrong. I say there should be a point in your life when you have made the last payment on that house and you can live in that house until the day you die. Whether you, you know, and never had to pay another nickel on that house. Maybe a little upkeep here and there, obviously. But and for some people, even that's going to be difficult. But you should be able to live in that house until you die. That's the way that it should be. It's not that way now. And I don't know what you guys think about it, but um, 
that's the way it's that's the way it's supposed to be. So, and I I did get some agreement when I when I testified before the uh, Senate with Paul Bettencourt presiding and the other uh, seven senators up there. And I said that I gave him that exact phrase. There should be a point in time in your life when you own your home, and if you never make another nickel, you can live there forever. I got a standing ovation at that particular. And you guys that watch watch me on Facebook, you saw that because I actually had my phone on when I was giving that testimony. There is almost no one in Texas that doesn't believe in that, except for a few of our politicians who just want that constant, constant source of money. Now, Paul Bettencourt, who's chairing the Select Committee on Property Tax Reform and Relief, contends that property taxes have been growing faster than median household incomes in Texas. This is true because property taxes double every 10 years. That's the rule of 72s. Uh, But does your income double every 10 years? And the answer is hell no. So that depends on, you know, it's, it's, it's a horrible situation. What we've got, I can tell you that on a house that I bought back in 1987 or something that I, I still own, uh, the property taxes on that home now exceed what the original mortgage payment was. This is not acceptable. I can never retire because I can never be in a position where I can, can you know, where I'll be able to pay that house off right now. The state of Texas owns everything. For those of you that understand how communism works, and I may go over Marxist theology here at some point in the future, but for those of you that understand how communism works, we know it's absolutely essential that the state owns everything, and that if you are a member of the correct political party, then you're allowed some usage rights of that product, but the states own it. And you will never personally own that. That is a communist idea, a Marxist ideology. And yet, because we allowed the communists to take over our institutions of higher learning, and because those communists that took over those institutions have trained every public school teacher uh, currently alive in America, they are teaching communism to our children, and our children come out of school just accepting the fact that the state owns everything, and that you own nothing. This is the problem we've got to overcome. We've got to turn this around. That's why I'm telling you right now, we need to abolish the public school system. Get your children out of the public school system while we're waiting for that to happen. When your children reach college age, make sure that they get a good job, and then give them the list of the classics of which I ran down a few of the other day. Have them read those books. Meanwhile, have them working as an intern in a profession they think they're interested in and learning some real practical value. Because the average college student, after uh, graduation in a four-year, six-year, and eight-year college, knows absolutely nothing about anything. So, uh, (laughs) uh, Francis said, it's curious. We all believe we have a right to own property, and the courts have ruled that that rights cannot be taxed. Privileges are taxed. So the government somehow has converted our right to own property into a privilege, and then they charge a user's fee. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what they're doing. Same thing they've done with our God-given right to defend ourselves. Government's got no business messing with that. The government's got no business saying what kind of a weapon you can own or carry. 
The Second Amendment to the Constitution recognized that God-given right and said it shall not be infringed. You shall not make any restrictive gun laws, period. End of, end of uh, question. Where are we today? Well, the law has never been an impediment to government. It's always there for the little people. So many voters here in Texas are pretty upset about their property tax bills. And most politicians are sort of unresponsive to voters' expressions of unhappiness. <laughs> yeah, Fran- Francis, the law is never an impediment to government. They make their own laws. And if it's against the law, they just change the law. Or even better yet, ignore the law. That's what we've been doing for the last eight, to eight, ten years. We've just been ignoring the law. At least the government has. Nobody else can. So uh, they're arresting militiamen, you know, putting them in prison for two years, only to find out they didn't break the law and they had to release them. You know, what the heck. So you might remember the last round of property tax wars. Unfortunately, some poli- for some politicians, you might not. But the legislature sent voters an un- a constitutional amendment to raise the homestead exemption from property taxes, and voters approved it. For the average voter, a whopping $126 a year. Well, Dan Patrick was so proud of that. And for my regular listeners, uh, you remember that I talked about uh, how ridiculous it was that Dan Patrick was crowing about something that was essentially meaningless. Like I say, if you want to raise the homestead exemption, raise it to $150,000, then you've got something to talk about. Well, I don't know. I still remember that Proposition 13 thing out in California, but I'm an old guy. Meanwhile, legislators have been reluctant to tear into the state's public school financing system, though that is arguably the fastest way to change the size of your property tax bill because schools account for the biggest part of property taxes. School budgets have grown out of control for a very long period of time now. Local districts have borne most of the increase in costs. Let me give you an example of how school finance is out of control. Katy Independent School District. They issued a bond election because they wanted to build a Super Bowl-quality stadium for their high school. They issued a bond election for it. The voters voted it down. They didn't say no. They said, hell no. We are not going to build this stadium. We, the taxpayers, are not going to pay that money. Well, then, 90 days later, they come out and say, hey, look here. We've discovered that we already had enough money to build this stadium. We don't even need the bond election, so we're going to build it anyway. Now, that ought to just chap your butt right there. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, that's, that's what they did. How about that? They said, oh, well, we thought we needed you guys to give us a bond election so we could afford this, but you know what? We don't even need it. We're building the stadium anyway. And so they did, and the stadium's now almost done. Amazing. They had to have a bond election. They had to borrow a bunch of more money. And when we said no, they all of a sudden found it. You're telling me that the schools are underfinanced? If they can come up with millions of dollars to build a stadium that nobody wanted except for the school administrators? Oh, man. An old foxy loxy out there at Katie. Oh, man. She's a piece of work. Anyway... 
on a per-student basis, the state spends $339 a year less than it did back in 2008, while local school districts pay almost $1,000 per student. Yeah, they pay almost $1,000 per student, but in SciFair ISD, we owe $2.1 million per student currently. Where's all that money going? So, um... Well, part of it's going because they want to. They want to put uh, bathroom. Uh, you know, uh, they want more boys and girls in these bathrooms. Want to get uh, the boys that will be girls in the bathrooms. So anyway, you got that going for us. But I got a line on you guys, and I'm following up on it. <laughs> who that band was, huh? Way back in the day. So, uh, sorry I got the uh, lawn guys out there. They're making a lot of noise, but uh, Brenda said it's cold out. Yeah, yes. Her internet's slow because a lot of people are are stuck at home. (laughs) Steve Steve Malloy's using his iPhone. Peggy Barnett want to know where I go. No, I had to go finish uh, I had to go finish my cup of soup. 
So I decided not to do that on camera. Meanwhile, I was uh, trying to get a few more uh, news articles up here for you. Now, uh, Senator Dan Patrick, my senator, Lieutenant Dan, I uh, was hanging out with him Sunday night, got chat with him a bit. He's promised to be on the show. We'll see what happens with that. But uh, he uh, he's worried about the, uh, the fact that uh, our bathrooms are being used and abused uh, by the homosexuals. And that's something he should be worried about. But he is, uh, he's going to get a bill out on that. We don't have the details on that bill. I really want to see what it's going to be like. But he assured the audience at the Freedom, Faith, and Fellowship event back in May that he would uphold conservative principles as the leader of the Texas Senate. Uh, we are indeed hoping that will be the case. So we'll see what happens with that. Meanwhile... Um, Optimism is breaking out all over. Going back, uh, I'm sorry I'm talking a lot about uh, Donald Trump and the presidency, but this is the biggest news in my lifetime. And the election of Donald Trump has brought this incredible surge of optimism all across the United States. I mean, we've never seen the stock market look like this. Now, I mentioned to you the other day what's going to be the result of that. It's a couple of years from now, everybody will be saying, well, Barack Obama... Uh, set new records in the stock market, incredible business uh, uh, burst uh, under the uh, Obama administration, and uh, he handed this beautiful, perfect economy to Donald Trump. Uh, that, that's the way it's going to be reported. The uh, All-American Economic Survey for the fourth Puzzle quarter found... Oh, oh, man. Why does this happen to me? Exactly. Learning starts with the... Oh, my goodness. The uh, all-economic survey for the fourth quarter found that the percentage of Americans who believe the economy is going to get better this next year jumped an unprecedented 17 points. And that means right now 42% of Americans believe that the economy is going to get better this year, the highest level since Barack Obama was elected in 2008. Now, you can't tell me that Barack Obama got re-election honestly. I don't believe that he did. In fact, I can tell you what I've seen here in, uh, in Harris County, uh, being involved with the Republican Party. We figured out how the voter fraud thing was working for the Democrats, and we put in place safeguards to make sure it didn't happen again. I mean, there's no way that uh, the Republicans won a takeover of the Senate and the House and lost the presidency to a guy whose qualifications wouldn't even have gotten him a job at Starbucks. And by the way, after eight years as the president, if you look at his qualifications again, he still couldn't get a job at Starbucks. The guy guy has no value. He can't do anything. So uh, this optimism is just awesome. And this is what I told everybody was going to happen. I said if Donald Trump gets elected, there's going to be an immediate boost in uh, in the in income, going to be an immediate boost in economic activity. Notwithstanding, I'm looking at one of my clients right now that's uh, complaining about their bill for all the hard work that we did for them, and uh, saying they can't afford it. But nonetheless, the post-election surge in major stock market indexes has also buoyed feelings about equities. With 40% now saying it's a good time to invest, and that's up 10 points since just before the election. 
Uh, Democrats are somewhat negative on stocks, where Republicans grew significantly more optimistic. Well, that's because when Democrats buy stock, they're looking at how the, what the government's going to depress and try to buy stocks that are going to do well under an oppressive government, for instance, gun stocks. A lot of Democrats are invested in uh, firearm stocks, even though the Democrat Party's against it. But let's face it, under Barack Obama, gun stocks, ammunition stocks, all of those companies were thriving and did much better. So um, anyway, uh, looking in the chat room here. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Said uh, I, Peggy thinks I should have had crackers with my with my cup of soup. It was uh, it was I don't know what do they call that Italian fagioli soups got beans and and uh, and pasta in it. Anyway, no no beer with that either because I can't do beer when I'm talking to you guys. Have a, have a hard enough time uh, getting two words out without uh, fumbling them anyway. So uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, Obama took America's credit card and maxed it out. That's right, John Goff. That's exactly what he did. But the people are optimistic because the first time they're looking at this incredible uh, cabinet that's being assembled, and they're saying, wow, this looks very pro-business. Uh, you heard me uh, characterize yesterday being in business today is like being the uh, being the uh, uh, running back out there on the field. You're the only guy by yourself. You don't have anybody uh, running interference for you. You don't have any defense. You're trying to make it to the goal line. And you've got the entire other team, the government, lined up against you. And, yes, even the referee is trying to tackle you. That's the way, it's, that's the way it works for the American businessman today. Uh, John Goff used to be in the landscaping business, put out of business by illegal aliens. So this is what we're dealing with, and yet people are optimistic because for the very first time, for the very first time ever, we see a president that's actually going to apparently ch change things and at least even up the ground. So um, let me see, see this video we'll play here. By white nationalist Richard Spencer at Texas A&M University this week, that story leads this edition of your Texas Political Roundup. Police blocked off a road in a large part of the memorial students where Spencer was speaking. The white nationalist message was that white people were responsible for building America and should reclaim it as their own. A&M officials made clear that they didn't invite Spencer. All right, is there any truth to that, that uh, the white people actually built America and made it great? Is there any truth to that? A local white nationalist rented the room, and the school said it didn't have the right to deny him due to his message. The school-sanctioned counter-event was held at Kyle Field. Texas A&M System Chancellor John Sharp spoke at the event denouncing Spencer. Businesses say state Republicans' anti-LGBT bills are bad for business. Represent and so that's all they're going to say about Spencer. I was hoping they actually had part of his speech. And uh, I'm not sure just how much of a white supremacist... Uh, this guy really is, but I'm going to try to look up that speech and uh, and get it to you. At Texas A&M, let's see if I can find that.
tell you what, I'm going to hit this break. I'm going to try to find this for you while we're on break, and I'll be right back on the Doc Green Show. Licensed to carry gun instructors are excellent at getting you qualified for state licensing where licenses are required. However, when it comes to legal defense with a gun or any weapon, you may want to do your own research and discover your options. Self-Defense Fund is a comprehensive litigation membership backing you on civil and criminal appeals, legal expenses, court costs, bail, time lost from work, and more. Up to $1 million per incident and unlimited attorney costs per member. Our members never come out of pocket for itemized benefits. We are not a reimbursement nor insurance service. Discover selfdefensefund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time. Hello, I'm Gary Wilcox with Pet Floors of Houston. Specialize in luxury vinyl tile installations for your home or your office. We sell a high-performance floor that is perfect for anyone who has dogs or cats or is trying to get a floor that just looks beautiful without nearly the maintenance that other floors have. It's a heavy-duty commercial PVC product. It looks like wood or stone or tile. This is a floor choice that you find major retailers have in their stores or intimate cafe or even your fast food restaurants. The adhesive that we use is waterproof. The product is waterproof, and so therefore, you can use a bleach water solution, clean it right up, and you're back to normal. It doesn't hold any odor, it's realistic, it's hygienic, it's affordable, and there's no click, click, click noise on it when you walk on this floor. It's just amazing. We've been in this house for about eight years, and we've had some hardwood floors down. And it was really one of those things where they were looking worn and needed to be refinished, and we were really looking for an alternative. We found Gary with pet floors, and he came out and measured. The measurement process went very easily, and when it came to installation time, they came out here, did a fine job. The installers were great. The service has been great ever since. I love my new floors. They're great, extremely durable, and they just look beautiful. From a cleaning standpoint, from an overall care standpoint, you don't even have to think about what you're doing. It's, it's, there's no special care. It's, it's really nice. Actually, have a mobile showroom so I can come out to your home or office at a time that's convenient for you and I can show you the samples that would look right in your home I can even help you make decisions and coach you through this it's not like I've done this one or two times but I've done it many many times so give me a phone call and I'm happy to come out there I do estimates for you right there on the spot and it's all free of charge that that floor of Houston Petfloor.com. Tejas Smoke Depot wishes you well. Locally owned and operated, we have all sorts of tobacco products. Come take advantage of our sale on vapor products up to 50% off. Thanks for listening to us on the Dot Green Show on ABRN, RER, Facebook, or YouTube. We are located at 1639 West Highway 290 in Fredericksburg. Like us on Facebook, Tejas Smoke Depot in Fredericksburg, Texas. 
TV and radio are great mediums for mass instruction, but for those times when you just want to hold something in your hands, there is the damn good times. I still love the newspaper, but I'm tired of the liberal bias. That's why I reach for the damn good times. Always full of interesting stories and great information, and you can have it delivered to your doorstep by calling 281-332-5710 or sending an email to news at thedamngoodtimes.com. Just $50 a year will get a full subscription. It's a great gift for all the patriots you know. Do it now. The doctor is in. And the doctor is in, and let's see who we got here. We got a couple of callers in. We got, uh, first of all, Rodney. Let's bring you on in here. What's What are you bringing to the table today? Well, I'm across the street at the moment. I uh, left the courtroom so I can come over to Walmart and McDonald's to get something to eat because the uh, so-called hearing doesn't start for another hour, they said. What it is is that the Bundys come in today for a... Um, quote, quote, uh, hearing. That's supposed to be just a continuing hearing is what it's supposed to be. Yeah. But from what my my sources have told me, uh, two marshals and the judge have said to me yesterday that it's supposed to be a um, uh, presidential pardon. It's supposed to be in the works for them. Ah. I'm just waiting to see what happens if that's what it actually does. Or well, that's, they, uh, yeah. what happens, you know? <laughs> that is pretty awesome. Hey, uh, let's, uh, Father God, we just ask you right now for that to happen. These guys deserve a pardon. Of course, also, Father God, they deserve a full acquittal because they have committed no crime. And the only problem no with the pardon is that it's the crime was committed. I'm sorry I talked over you, Rodney. Go ahead. That's all right. They said they've got nothing to hold them on. they got nothing to charge them with. they got nothing to move forward on. They're just sitting here looking at them in, in the jails they're in. I know one of the guys who's uh, watching over him in the uh, in the, uh, the marshal's area, and he said they got nothing. The rap sheet that they, uh, they look at every night, completely blank. They got nothing. They got nothing. Well, in that yeah, case, so they ought to throw the thing out and just get, them, get rid of them. I mean, uh, these, look, you know and I know these guys have committed no crime. They should not even be yeah. there. They should have been released from Oregon and, and just sent home, and that was it. Well, this is the problem but, with uh, the government yeah. that's out of control and just absolutely believes that uh, these guys surely got to be charged with something. But at the very least, it's one of those things of you can beat the rap, but you can't beat the ride. Would you say, Rodney? I would say that indeed. And from what I've heard from the judge uh, that's involved, that, that it's supposed to be a pardon from the, uh, the current man because a certain other guy is making him look tremendously bad. And he has to do something to make himself look a little bit better. And this is his first of, what, 199 that he has to do something with by the end of the year. Yeah. Well, So I, what better than a, a big-time case? I would, I would like to see, uh, I'd like to see this totally resolved and these guys found innocent because 
they, they have committed no crime. They have done nothing wrong. And I think it's time for that to yeah. be recognized. And uh, what they what they have pointed out, however, is the, the federal government is in the midst of what can only be viewed as high crimes and misdemeanors, organized crime, at a rate like we've never seen it, ever. Well, exactly. The guys who are doing this to them, throwing them off their land, was Blackwater and another security company posing as federal officers when they were not federal officers. You know, so there's a crime right there. When they were flying their helicopters to scare the cattle across the land, they did more damage than anyone else could have thought of doing. When they ran their four-wheelers across the land, they did more damage than anyone thought they could, you know, that, that was being done in the last 200 years. So, yeah. Yeah. They need to be punished more than anybody else. Uh, when Reed left the building last night, he was served papers that made that were uh, made him not happy, shall we say? <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, well, I'm I'm, I'm happy he, with he that. One ultimately in charge. <laughs> that is good. Um, Frank asked the question, what is the rate of compensation for uh, per day for unlawful imprisonment? And I'm, I'm just looking here. Um, California, it's a maximum of $100 a day. Uh, Connecticut yeah, compensation very much. for claims. Um, Florida, uh, 50000 a year to a maximum of $2 million. Um, yeah, we're dealing with three states here with these guys. So I'm not sure what's going to happen. Yeah, I'm looking for Oregon. See if Oregon's listed here. I don't see Oregon listed on this uh, sheet. Yeah, they have Idaho, Florida. I mean, uh, Idaho, Oregon, and Nevada. Idaho has no statute. So if they have no statute, that means essentially could be unlimited. So uh, those are state statutes. Yeah, we got a uh, federal statute. Yeah, someone never bothered with. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't my problem. I made sure of that. <laughs> uh, I'm typing it in now. So, uh, I mean, can you get a get any feel for the timeline? Uh, what do you, What do you think it's going to be like? Well, from what I'm hearing, it's going to be within a week. At the maximum, if not today, everyone seems to be pushing for today. They want well, it over and done with. Well, it should be. It should have been over and done with a long time ago. Uh, actually, all that needed to happen on this was the federal government needed to uh, just get honest and say, you know what, we really don't have any uh, right to be creating uh, wildlife refuges and taking away ranchers' land. Uh, we don't really have a right to own any land at all, except for as right. the Constitution specifies. And then it would have been over. The Bundys would have went home. Uh, Lavoy Finnegan would still be alive, and everything would be great. But the federal government decided, no, we're going to push this. We're going to teach these guys yeah, a they lesson. Won't, they won't ever miss a shit. <laughs> you know uh, that. Yep. Yeah. Well, it uh, it it, uh, it really ticks me off that this is happening, but uh, 
Really seriously, Father God, let's get these guys out of there. Uh, I don't know why it's going on as long as it has been, but something needs to change. It needs to change fast. We want to see that change. Yeah, so that's why I'm sitting here today with uh, quite a few people. Uh, the court marshals were not impressed, shall we say, when people showed up today because they, they keep changing the hour, you know, as to when this is going on. And that's why everyone's like, come on. So we're just waiting to see. Now it's supposed to be 2 o'clock this afternoon, my time. Well, I guess they're grasping at straws, hoping something's going to come through that they can do something with. But uh, bad luck to them uh, in the government. Bad luck to them. <laughs> I, want to, exactly. I, want to, I want to see them lose this. I want to see them lose it big. And I know it's going to cost all of the taxpayers money. I know that it will. It will. Uh, but a lesson needs to be taught here. We need to restore the federal government back to their subservient state, which is where they should be. Yeah. They work for us, not us, for them. Absolutely the case. All right. Well, Rodney, keep yeah, me posted. But I'll let you know. I appreciate it. And uh, we got I'm Ron proud. in there. Ron, come on in here. Uh, did I lose Ron? Dead, give it a loss, Ron. Well, I'm sorry, guys. I get to you as fast as I can. Uh, I did want to get that report, but uh, Ron, if you're out there listening, call back because we do want to get you in here. We don't want anybody to uh, not be heard if they uh, if they want to be heard. So we're going to take a look at that. Um, this is interesting. An African-American lawyer and editor of a popular legal website is calling on black jurors across the country to automatically vote to free any black person accused of murder or automatically free any black person that is accused of uh, committing a crime against a white person, regardless of what the evidence shows. So in other words, uh, this lady here, I guess the lady, black lawyer, Looking for the name. Yeah, Ellie Mistal, editor and contributor of the law blog Above the Law, is the one that's urging all black Americans who end up on juries to engage in jury nullification. It doesn't matter what kind of criminal that black guy may be. You have to free them. Now, excuse me, but is this not what's causing a lot of the problems in Chicago? The fact that we have so many black criminals up there that are committing crimes upon so many other black people? I mean, notwithstanding that the uh, drug cartel has more, I uh, uh, forget which one it was, it'll come to me in a minute, uh, but they have more foot soldiers in Chicago than there are police officers. But black-on-black black crime Chicago is rampant. It's the worst it's ever been. And now we got this uh, legal expert here that's just telling uh, black people, look, if you end up on a jury trial uh, and there's a black man on trial, it doesn't matter who he killed, you got to find him innocent. doesn't matter what he stole, you got to find him innocent. Mistel says the reason to work against the legal system in all areas is it's time for black people to use the same tool that white people have been using to defy the, a system they don't consent to for years, and that is jury nullification. I will tell you that jury nullification is one of the least used things in court. We do see it from time to time. That's what they did 
uh, up there in Oregon. That was jury nullification. Uh, the government came out with a number of different uh, a number of different things that they thought they should be found guilty on, but the jury said, "No way! These guys aren't crooks. These guys aren't criminals. They haven't done anything wrong. The government is a murderer, but you guys haven't done anything wrong." So they set them free. Now we're hoping that they'll be set free out there in Nevada. Anyway, she goes on to say that white juries refuse to convict vigilantes who murder black children. Oh, really? This is what happens when, when you got groups out there like CNN. CNN is not a news organization. CNN, CNN is, uh, I don't know what you'd even call it. The Enemy of the People? Yeah, I think that would be a good name for them. CNN is a uh, company that should lose its broadcast license because the FCC requires for you to have a broadcast license that you be operating in the uh, best interest of the people. Well, CNN doesn't do that. CNN, the Clinton News Network, the Communist News Network, CNN is an enemy of the people of the United States, and they have not changed. They are the kings of fake news. Don't forget, never, ever, ever forget that CNN was the leader in the mainstream media that set out to destroy this country. They deliberately chose to tell you lies when they knew the truth. They decided that they were going to be an unpaid whore for the Hillary Clinton administration. That's what they decided. They said, uh, look, we're going to promote Hillary no matter how bad she is, even if she does smell like urine, cabbage, and farts, said John Podesta. Um, We are going to support her. We're going to use all of our resources, and we are going to lie to the American people. We know that most American people being educated in the communist uh, classroom are just going to accept that because we are CNN, that we're telling them the truth, even though we are deliberately planning to lie to them, but we're going to get Hillary Clinton elected no matter what. And so that's what they did. They became an unpaid whore for the Hillary Clinton administration, and uh, they went out all out to get Hillary elected and reported that she was winning. It was like Baghdad Bob right up to the last minute. Remember Baghdad Bob over in Iraq? There are no Americans anywhere near the capital of Iraq. The Americans are like dying like dogs out in the desert. (laughs) You remember that? That was CNN. Hillary Clinton is winning everywhere. Uh, Donald Trump doesn't have a chance. Nobody's going to elect that clown Donald Trump. Hillary Clinton, very presidential. Hillary Clinton is winning. Yeah. Should lose their broadcast license. And yet they created this Black Lives Matter deal. They are the same news media as an enemy of the American people that reported that Trayvon Martin was killed by a white Hispanic. I think Francis covered some of this earlier. Uh, Killed by a, a white Hispanic. Well, is he Hispanic or is he white? A white Hispanic. I don't think there is any such thing. In fact, I think Bill Richardson, the governor of New Mexico, proved the fact that if you have any Hispanic blood in you at all, it doesn't matter what your last name is, you're a Mexican. So there you go. Um, 
But not with CNN. No, they went out there and they said, no, this vigilante set out to kill this black man. National Bungie Condom Television, NBC, um, you know, the same ones that were out there blowing up trucks uh, to prove the Chevy trucks were dangerous. And when they couldn't elicit a good explosion from a Chevy truck, they just planted some C4 in there and shot the video and said, Chevy trucks blow up, you hit them from the side. Well, nothing could have been further from the truth. But that was the story that they had already written, and they had to prove that it was right. So they took the approach the Mythbusters did. And when, whenever the Mythbusters fail to prove a myth, remember, they are, we're going to blow this thing up. <laughs> no matter what it takes, there's going to be a big explosion at the end of the show, even if we've got to use C4. Uh, the only difference is, at that point, Mythbusters know the myth has been busted. It's just that now they want to have a little fun. National Bungie Condom, Condom TV, NBC for short, uh, they didn't look at it that way. So uh, anyway, they, they're the ones that, that promoted the fact of the white Hispanic that uh, deliberately killed. They actually took the phone call, the 911 phone call, where uh, the gentleman was being interviewed, and uh, they asked him, well, what color is the guy? And he said, oh, he's black. They actually recut that phone call to make it sound like he was a white racist just looking to kill a black man. Now, that is malicious. The mainstream media should be deprived of their income. They should be deprived of their job. They should be, uh, they should, they should be fired, Donald Trump. So anyway, getting back to this story. Said, well, it's time the minority, minorities got in the game, said Mistel. The legal analyst and lawyer went on to insist that black jurors should refuse to vote to convict a black suspect, no matter what the crime, even if it's murder, if it is committed against a white person, especially if it's committed against a white person. So I guess that means if you kill a black man, a black man killing a black man, then maybe that should be prosecuted. But... Um, Seemingly to realize that voting to free obviously guilty murderers is based on the race of the victim is a horrendous concept. She went on to say, well, it's the only way we can fix the system. Murder? What the hell do you think is happening to black people out there? What the hell do you think we're complaining about when your cops shoot us or choke us to death? Acquit. Don't throw murder at me like it's some kind of moral fault line where the risk of letting one go is just too great. Black people are being murdered. Yeah, they're being murdered by other black people. And the system isn't doing a damn thing to hold their killers accountable. Sorry, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry if this protest idea would put the shoe on the other foot for a change. Mistel goes on to call whites who have had a crime committed against them or who have been murdered a purported victim and says that blacks have no responsibility to help any white person achieve justice. Man. This is amazing to me. Ellie Mistel is saying all this stuff. Ellie Mistel goes on. White people should lose their blank. That's what would happen. Mistel continues. It's a man. Mistel, Ellie Mistel, he's a man, continues in his screed. Suddenly, the New York Times would pull reporters off the understanding Trump voters beat, and you'd start seeing stories like, whom? It appears Negroes have some grievances, too. No, no, there's news to me, because I didn't know they had any grievances. 
But Ellie Mistel goes on to say, white juries are using jury nullification to protect the police. Mistel proclaims the conclusion the door swings both ways. Time for us to push back. Civil disobedience, when used in a targeted fashion, is very powerful. Well, once again, this goes back to CNN and the don't shoot hands up thing. That never happened. It was a lie. Um, What happened there was Michael Brown, a thug with a history of thuggery, uh, was in the process of trying to kill a police officer, trying to take his gun and shoot him with it. A police officer that was half his size. And somehow that police officer survived and was able to turn the tables on Michael Brown. Michael Brown, who just an hour earlier had robbed a convenience store. But that never made the news, did it? No, and CNN doesn't report it, do they? Anyway, in the end, as far as Ellie Mistel is concerned, a few murdered white people who never get justice and their killers are allowed to free is a small price to pay to satisfy the Black Lives Matter agenda. And I got to thank Thomas Bazan for sending me that story. Um, that's a mind blowing story. Let me see if I can find it. Ellie Mistel. See if we can find out something about this guy. Ellie Mistel. He won the ATL Idol contest. I don't even know what that is. Above the law. Above the law Idol contest. Prior to joining Above the Law, Ellie wrote about politics and pop culture at City Hall News and the New York Press. He has a degree in government from Harvard and a Juris Doctorate from Harvard Law School. He's formerly a litigator at uh, Devoise in Plimpton, but quite the legal profession, but quit the legal profession to pursue a career as an online provocateur. It's written editorials in New York Daily News, New York Times, and appears on MSNBC. <sighs> oh, my God. This is serious stuff, guys. Absolutely mind-blowing craziness is what it is. So, um, meanwhile... Yeah, Peggy says, penalty that they're making and for the disruption that they're causing in people's lives, plus the racial right thing is that they're what they're doing to us. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, everybody's a little surprised with that story, as I was. But we digress. And let's see here. I'm I'm sorry, guys. I'm I'm uh, checking my uh, my music library here because I'm looking for something else. Not finding it. Is this a metaphor for how I'm pushing myself to make a spicier sandwich? No, we're not finding it. So anyway. More craziness to ensue on the Doc Green Show. And, of course, if you want to be on the show today, you can reach me at uh, 800-932-1980, 800-932-1980. And you, you, too, can get in here and get your two cents in. 
And uh, we're kind of freewheeling here today, covering a few things, a few different things. But I'm I'm uh, I'm always grateful when you guys decide to uh, join me on the Doc Green Show because uh, it's no fun doing the show by myself. Primarily, that's that's just the truth of it. And let's see if I got this. Yep, I do. No, I don't. Nope, I can't play that. <laughs> there are there are some limits, guys. I I can't I can't do everything. We're going to have some of this though. Maybe. All right, maybe not. So, um, I'm, I'm not, that Richard thing. I wanted to get to that today, but I, I it, the speech is almost two hours long, so I got no choice. I've got to, uh, I've got to cut it down. I can't do the entire thing. Um, Dr. Sebastian Gorka, have you guys checked out that? Oh, there we are. Now we got it.
Yeah, Francis said, wow, that same riff is messing with the kid. Well, I'm not sure I can argue that point. Let's compare. Here's an important message from Vita Scientific. If you have high blood sugar or type 2 diabetes, these are serious medical issues that require immediate attention. Did you know that it's possible to actually reverse high blood sugar and diabetes by using simple, natural products proven to balance your blood sugar? It's time to do what I did. Take control of your life. Vita Scientific's clinically tested formula will help you to feel healthy and energetic. These breakthrough supplements, along with small changes in your diet and exercise plan, may be the answer you've been looking for to set you on the path to optimal health. These products will not interfere with your current medical treatments, so start getting excited about feeling great again. Please visit VitaScientific.com or call Vita Scientific at 210-520-8432. That's 210-520-8432 to learn more. Tell them Doc Green sent you and get 50% off your first order. Call now. You've just defended yourself with a gun. You've been booked for manslaughter, but it was self-defense. You go to court. Your bail is set at $100,000, but the legal defense you subscribe to doesn't cover that much. You still have legal jeopardy ahead, which would wind up costing even more money and time, and now you're beginning to really worry. Self-Defense Fund provides bail up to $100,000. We are a comprehensive litigation membership, backing you on appeals, legal expenses, court costs, and more. Discover SelfDefenseFund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time. Maintaining your home air conditioner is just as important as maintenance on your car. You don't know the big difference there's going to be until you've had the work done. I thought my system was working fine, but now it's better than ever. Galen Beatty did it for me, and he'll do it for you. Good servicing will not only keep your system performing well during the sweltering summers here in Houston, but it will save you money year after year. In my case, it cut my AC power consumption by 20%. Do what I did. Have Galen Beatty set up regular AC maintenance to cut your energy bill and prevent system failure at the worst time. 
time. And what's better than being comfortable and saving money? Whether you need a basic tune-up or it's time to put in a new super-efficient system, you should call BDAC, 281-222-9591. That's 281-222-9591 to schedule an AC system tune-up. BDAC and Heat. That's B-E-E-D-E-A-C and Heat.com. BDAC and Heat.com. Tejas Smoke Depot wishes you well. Locally owned and operated, we have all sorts of tobacco products. Come take advantage of our sale on vapor products up to 50% off. Thanks for listening to us on the Dot Green Show on AVRN, RER, Facebook, or YouTube. We are located at 1639 West Highway 290 in Fredericksburg. Like us on Facebook, Tejas Smoke Depot in Fredericksburg, Texas. Doctor is in. Well, it's hard to imagine a more clear-cut case of media bias than this one, guys, because Scarlett Picard, uh, of uh, formerly of Fox 26 here in Houston, I mentioned this before, and I've been trying to get her to come on the show, but she's a little trepidatious. But uh, she uh, she used to be a news anchor over there at Fox 26 on the weekends, and uh, well, she's a white girl. And I admit that alone probably renders her uh, ineffective and useless, at least for Fox 26, which is sort of like the black station here in town. And it's like when I got uh, uh, beaten up down there at the Harris County Tax Appraisal District, and I sent them the video on that. They said, uh, no, nah, we're not doing this story. Why? Because I, I wasn't a black guy. But uh, anyway, Scarlett Fakar uh, has been there for a while. She was doing a great job. She's working her way up. She said, I didn't start off with a noon anchor. I started off as an evening news reporter and then finally got became the noon anchor. But uh, another report at that station also twi- said on the air that Ted Cruz is like the Dark Lord from Star Wars. I think he's the Antichrist. That was what was actually said on air by another reporter. And another reporter uh, stated in a private uh, Facebook post that she was happy and relieved the morning after Donald Trump won the presidential election. But the reporter who made the public comment on the air still has a job. The reporter that made the conservative comment on her uh, Facebook page was fired. Scarlett Vicar uh, was fired. She said, look, I worked my way up, but her star came crashing back to earth when she became the story instead of the reporter. Suddenly, she was making national headlines for having been fired a week after posting her comments on her private Facebook page, which was visible only to her friends. But the Houston Chronicle obtained that, published a screenshot of the post, and Fakar was called on the carpet by her bosses and forced to issue an apology that they wrote for her, and then they fired her. So, uh, anyway... Now, uh, this has been picked up by WorldNet Daily. Now, WorldNet Daily, I don't know if you guys know, but WorldNet Daily is huge. It's huge. It's second only to the Drudge Report in terms of news on the Internet. But she said, I was fired for my political beliefs and nothing else. Well, I'll go so far as to say that Scarlett Fakara was fired because she was a white girl expressing a conservative point of view. She said uh, reporters from my station are allowed to espouse their liberal views on air all the time and on their public page- pages, but I'm not allowed to write my conservative views on my personal page. 
She said, without a doubt, it's a double standard. Uh, Ms. Picard pointed out examples of colleagues expressing liberal opinions with no repercussion and comparing that to her. She said, it's just shocking to me. I see the reactions by fellow journalists, and yet mine is treated differently. It's not often you see a conservative reaction, especially in the local news, and then I immediately get fired. A striking example of the difference in treatment is evidenced by the televised appearance of KRIV reporter and anchor Isaiah Carey. Fakar said he was a reporter for several years, and then he was given his own Friday night show. Well, on February 5th, 2016, uh, that's where uh, Isaiah Carey quipped that uh, Senator Ted Cruz is like the Dark Lord from Star Wars. I think he's the Antichrist. So, um, in fact, I may have that clip here. Let's see if we do indeed have it. Oh, we gotta we gotta get the obligatory commercial first. So, anyway, uh, and in a second clip from that broadcast, Kerry again, Isaiah Kerry, the black guy, again called Cruz the Antichrist. Says, you know, there's a dark side. There's dark side music playing every time he enters the room. And it's incredible. And then Kerry said, "Look, tell me one good thing that he's done." <laughs> On the other side, you have Ted Cruz, who's. Man, I've got like the fastest internet like connection Lord. known to man, and it's buffering. I don't know. I don't know why that is. <laughs> On the other Lord from Star Wars, and you. Here we are. <laughs> On the other side, you have Ted Cruz, who's like the Dark Lord from Star Wars, and you expect to hear that music playing every time he comes out. <laughs> now, I think he's the Antichrist. That's just me. Oh. You know, they said the Antichrist wouldn't come from hell, but he'd come from heaven above in Canada and land here in America. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so what do you guys think? That's pretty non-biased, wasn't it? Yeah, so uh, we can see why they had to fire Scarlett Fakar for saying that she breathed a sigh of relief when Donald Trump won. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, unbelievable. So, and Isaiah Carey uh, still continues to uh, anchor the news over there, I believe on Friday nights or Saturday nights. Uh, but uh, Scarlett Fakar confirmed to World Net Daily that he is still on the air doing stories for KRIV because he's extremely close to D'Artagnan Babel, the uh, general manager over there. And I happen to know D'Artagnan. And uh, we, you know, I have his private phone number. We've, we've spoken a couple of times. I did not go back to him and ask him, "Is are you not doing my story because I'm I'm white?" Uh, I figured there's no point in it. But uh, nonetheless, uh, notably, Babel appears to have no problem making politically charged Facebook posts of his own, including ridiculing Republicans as well as ridiculing their parent network, Fox News. A parody of Fox News anchors questioning GOP presidential candidates had Megyn Kelly calling Trump a woman-hating liar. Uh, so, um, and Babel's comment was, decision 2016, you decide. Let's see, we got it right here. Yeah, um... Yeah, Megyn Kelly says, for your first question, Mr. Trump, explain how long you've been a woman-hating liar who isn't fit to 
Jeb Bush's boots. <laughs> and then uh, Chris uh, chimes in, Senators Cruz, Paul, and Dr. Carson, please politely stay silent while we attempt to marginalize you by focusing on establishment tools like Don Kasich, who have absolutely no chance in hell of winning. Otherwise, you can threaten Jeb Bush's coronation. And uh, then the other uh, Fox News anchor, Governor Jeb Bush, could you follow up by explaining how you became a super cool next president? Uh, that is from D'Artagnan Bebel's uh, Facebook page, that, that screenshot there. But uh, I don't know, guys. Scarlett Picar seriously got fired? <laughs> Isaiah Carey wrote on his Facebook page, This morning at 6 a.m., I woke up to my radio playing a conservative talk show produced by Focus on the Family, and I still haven't recovered. Uh, well, there's nothing nothing uh, ugly about that, is there? So, um, but while the uh, anchor reporter Kerry and station manager Babel are free to express their opinions uh, with the world, the station fired Scarlett Ficar for sharing her opinion with her friends. People were furious when I was fired, Ficar told WND. Fox 26 deleted dozens of comments and supported me from their page. The delete button became Miles Station's best friend on Facebook. They obviously kept any comments in support of my firings. Uh, some of the comments supporting Ficar are listed at the bottom of the story, but uh, this is the Facebook comment she made. She said, since everyone is talking about how they woke up this morning, I'll just go ahead and say I could barely sleep from how happy and relieved I was. Well, this is probably what really got her in trouble. I've prayed about this for a long time. There is the crux of the matter. I know many God-fearing men and women out there have also. I prayed for the best leader that would turn this country that has become more violent and racist under the Obama administration than ever back into the America I once knew. You want to talk about going downhill? Look at what Obama has done, how he's made the entire country hate one another. Were you happy with how many people were killing each other in our own country? I work in news, and I hate to say it, but the number of African Americans killing one another far outweighs the number of them being killed by whites. Now you have groups murdering police officers, both black and white. How did this happen under an Obama administration? You guys wanted another administration like that? All right, well, you can see why she got fired expressing those sorts of sentiments. Because no white person should ever be able to, A, pray to God, and uh, B, and express the fact that under Barack Obama, it has become a just absolute carnage out there. Barack Obama, you look every day now, we got cops being murdered. We got firemen showing up to jobs where they are killed by snipers. And it's 100% black pulling the trigger on these things. Most of the Muslims, they never talk about that, though, because that would be bad. They don't want to talk about that the shooter that killed all those cops in Dallas was a Muslim or the shooter that killed all those cops in Baton Rouge was a Muslim. That does not serve their narrative. So if you'd express an opinion like that, well, you probably ought to be fired from the news network for telling the truth. I mean, the truth is just not acceptable. Anyway, she said she told World Net Daily there was no fallout whatsoever until the Houston Chronicle published that screenshot along with the headline that claimed she was under fire for a pro-Trump Facebook post. Fakar said she was under fire from no one except a liberal blogger who cited who was cited in the article that may have brought 
uh, the post to the paper's attention. So there's nothing in that post that I'm ashamed of repeating or showing to anyone. But less than a day later, my boss called me into the office and said that the Houston Chronicle had a screenshot of my post and had published it, and now it's a huge big deal. Her boss is forced her to write an apology. She said, but I didn't write that apology. They wrote it for me. Then they copied and pasted it onto my Facebook page. That's how the apology uh, originated. Fakar had second thoughts almost immediately. said, I took the apology down before they fired me. And I sent them an email letting them know I'd taken it down, and they didn't have a problem with it. This is the apology that they wrote for her. I need to profusely apologize for making public my personal views on the outcome of the election and other issues. It was wholly inappropriate, and as a journalist, to do that. Again, my sincere apologies. I guess it would have been okay if she'd have called Ted Cruz the Antichrist. Anyway, so they wrote that and gave it to me and made me post it. So I went in, they immediately had me meet with the general manager, the head of human resources, my news director, and they were all telling me, you have to write this apology immediately. Then we'll talk about everything else. Everything else? Fagar said it happened so fast, I didn't have time to think it, think it through. Well, I can understand that. I mean, you know, you're used to making a pretty good salary as a news reporter on TV, and then the next thing you know, you're under fire. You got all your bosses, uh, uh, you know, looking at you funny, and uh, you, you know your job's in jeopardy, but you don't want to lose your job. So uh, anyway, at the end of the week, uh, Human Resources called me in and said they were terminating my contract based on the fact that I had breached their social media policy in the employee handbook. Huh. Well, I guess we covered how much she had breached that. But I don't know what you guys think about this deal. I, I, uh, I think it's horrible. I think this is not the way that we, uh, that we treat people in America. And... Uh, it should not have happened. I think that, uh, I, you know, look, if you want to call her and say, hey, Scarlett, uh, don't do this again. If you want to do that, you know, maybe that would be okay. But otherwise, I think it's, uh, I think it was totally unacceptable for what they did to her. So, uh, I don't know what's going to happen. We'll, we'll see what happens on that. But I think it was bad, and I think it was... Something that shouldn't have been done. Is she suing? Don't have that yet. We're going to find out if she is suing. So we'll see. Meanwhile, move over, baby.
Oh, yeah. A little bit of Steppenwolf there for you guys. I, I love uh, I love Steppenwolf. Great music. Uh, there's no question that uh, their lead singer is a bit of a socialist, uh, communist guy, but nonetheless, he sings good, so I kind of like it. So now I want to bring back an older story. Um, in the remaining minutes of the show, it's going to get me in a whole lot of trouble. It's going to create a lot of incidences, but uh, I'm going to do it anyway. There was a uh, book written by Dr. Judith Reisman. Uh, Dr. Judith Reisman, president of the Institute for Media Education and the author of numerous authoritative books, uh, including Kelsey, excuse me, including Kinsey, Crimes and Consequences. Uh, Dr. Judith Reisman, you can find her drjudithreisman.com. That is where her uh, her website is. And uh, she's she's exposed a lot of stuff. But I wanted to bring this out because it's something you have to be aware of, particularly in the environment that we're dealing with, where they want more uh, they want more uh, sexually confused people to be able to uh, pick the restroom they want to use. So that's why I'm bringing this to you in the remaining minutes of the show. But child molestation and pedophilia are serious problems today, and they occur much more often among homosexual, homosexuals and heterosexuals. And that's according to the study that was done, and it was an, an exhaustive study, but overwhelming evidence showed that homosexuals uh, are sexual deviants and uh, that they also have other disorders and this has dire consequences for our culture. Uh, Steve Baldwin is actually the guy that wrote this part of the study. He said child molestation and homosexual movement, um, which was published by the Regent University Law Review, he said it's difficult to convey the dark side of the homosexual culture without appearing harsh. However, it is time to acknowledge that homosexual behavior threatens the very foundation of Western civilization. Though the homosexual community and much of the media, uh, which are a lot of the media is homosexual, uh, scoff at these accusations, uh, Mr. Baldwin, who chaired the California Assembly's Education Committee, uh, said in his report that homosexual activist e efforts to target children both for their own sexual pleasure and to enlarge the homosexual community constitute an unmistakable attack on the family unit. Baldwin's research is substantiated and recently completed body of work by Dr. Judith Reisman, which I just mentioned, in her thesis. Uh, he found that non-incarcerated child molesters typically were willing to admit to having committed sexual acts with between 23 and 281 uh, other, uh, other people. And most of those targets were males. So in other words, at the very lowest of incarcerated child molesters, the very lowest ones uh, had committed 23 different acts, whereas the highest ones had committed as many as 282 acts. The rate of homosexual versus heterosexual child abuse is staggering, said Dr. Judith Reisman. Um, she she uh, was the principal investigator for the Justice Department studying child pornography. And uh, the data of 150.2 uh, boys abused per male homosexual finds no equal. In other words, the average homosexual uh, abused 
And, of course, now these are offenders. These are the ones that actually got arrested. But the average homosexual offender abused 150.2 boys per homosexual, compared to a homosexual variations of only 19.8 females. Now, Jay Hevener, the spokesman for Parents, Families, Friends of Lesbians and Gays, counters the federal crime data data and refutes those claims that homosexuals molest children at higher rates than heterosexuals. Um, but no research was offered to support the denial. It's just flat out, nah, it's not true. Uh, Gary Shiner, the uh, clinical psychologist who had been diagnosing and treating clergy abuse for 28 years, told Salon.com that there are far more heterosexual cases uh, committed by homosexual than homosexuals. Well, I don't know if that's true. But in terms of sheer numbers, it may be true. But in terms of the numbers of children abused per offender, homosexuals abuse with a far greater frequency, and boys are much preferred as targets to girls. Baldwin said the evidence he examined disproves the assertion that child molestation is more prevalent among heterosexuals. He said both he and Reisman found that the media coverage of adult homosexual abuse of minors is also slanted. Meanwhile, the National Lesbian and Gay Journalist Association, which tells you how many homosexuals there must be in the journalism business, they got their own association, recently boasted that although homosexuals are less than 2% of the population, three-fourths of the people who decide the content on the front page of the New York Times are homosexual. So you want to know why we are in in the business that we're in? This is because they have taken over the media. At CNN, once again, a group that should lose its license to broadcast, you've got Anderson Cooper. He is a homosexual. That's why. That's what amazed me. I mean, here's this pervert, Anderson Cooper, up here that is questioning the morality of Donald Trump. <laughs> and somehow that's okay. I, I don't know how, but somehow that's okay. What is the matter with us? We have somehow been conditioned to accept a lifestyle that would be anathema just 50 years ago. So we have absolutely got to stand against this. We've got to stand against this. This is not an acceptable thing, and I don't know how we're going to fix it. I don't know that it can even be fixed. But I can tell you this, if we continue to allow it to go forward, we are going to be in a world of hurt. And so I'm asking all of you to start paying attention to this and start standing up against it. Now, if a homosexual wants to live a homosexual lifestyle and keep that in his home and not tell me about it, that's fine. If I'm invited into that home and I discover it, I am not going to publish it. Because if you're keeping it private, I'm keeping it private. But nonetheless, this is unacceptable, and has something has to be done about it. And I don't know why uh, why we're continuing to allow it to happen in our country, quite frankly. But the gay press promotes sex with children. 
Okay, now I'm out of time. Just when I'm getting into something really good and juicy. All right. I'll be back again, guys. And uh, God willing, tomorrow we'll talk to you again. So uh, thank you for being a part of the show today. Spread the word. And uh, we will see you next time on The Amazing Doc Green Show. The Amazing Doc Green Show is on the air. The political, religious, and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement.
ladies and gentlemen. I'm Melody Cedarstrom, and you're listening to Financial Survival. And I'm here with my co-host, Alfred Addis, to bring you our opinion and commentary on today's economic and political events for Friday, December 19th, 2016. Good afternoon, Al. Oh, Melody. Oh, it's going to be a heavy sigh today, as I really was... Uh, Counting on seeing a bottom here for gold, so I didn't say much in the past couple of days, but uh, it's beginning to recover, though, from the earlier uh, drops uh, that we saw the gold price today. Well, sort of, kind of, a little bit. 1159 for gold, down to 1210 in the New York aftermarket spot price. Silver down 18 cents, back below 17 at 16.92. Palladium, uh, platinum took a beating today, down 23 at two and a half percent. The worst of the metals, and uh, palladium was down four at 737 dollars. The USDX today, I haven't followed it today. Must have done gangbusters. Well, sort of. 0.49 to the upside at 101.60. So two days in a row we had some big moves. Crude oil was up another 63 at 51.47. And I'll tell you what, folks, be prepared because gold will catch up. Gold will catch up with these numbers. It's not going to be the only item that's negative. But you have a lot of these ETFs. You had some uh, huge uh, uh, pullouts out of these ETFs. And uh, uh, you can't have higher crude oil prices. And everyone talking about all the spending, all the inflation that's going to be coming into the market and not have gold respond. It's just this is all nonsense at this point in time. There is no proof of anything. The only proof that we really have or anything that we can kind of hang our hats on is next week, Janet Yellen is going to probably increase the rate a quarter point, an interest rate a quarter point. And what we went over yesterday for the, uh, the three historic times when interest rates were increased, it was a second rate increase where gold really took off. Um, and I will probably have those numbers if I can get them uh, um, together for the newsletter. They'll be in the newsletter this week. So, again, it's a lot of good news for gold. It's hard to say that because of the pressure that we've seen in gold. But all eyes are on the Dow. All eyes are on the paper markets. Everyone is, you know, it's just a matter of time until it hits 20000 Let's get it done. Let's get it over with. They can celebrate on Wall Street. They can wear all their little paper hats and their little T-shirts down to 20000 just like they did with Dow 10,000, and then immediately thereafter, it uh, <laughs> cratered. Irrational. Got something to do with the hats and the horns, Melody. I guess. Irrational exuberance is exactly what we're experiencing. Not a thing has been done. Not a penny has been spent. This is a feel-good market, and that's what's so amazing about it. It's a feel-good um it's a confidence. It's a confidence market, and that's all it is. And um, yeah, I saw you have one article. We'll talk about how the preppers are, are no longer prepping because I guess they believe, you know, hey, there's nothing, there's anything more to prep for. 
which is really kind of silly. But yet there really is. There's a lot. And even though they might, perhaps they're not buying as much food as they have, or, you know, perhaps they haven't purchased as many batteries and many solar lights and so forth and water filters, um, there's still a lot to prepare for. And there, there's still a lot that is coming our, our way. But let me go ahead and finish out the uh, um, paper markets here. As soon as I bring this up, you are looking at the Dow was up over 100 points, three digits today at 142, at 19,756. The NASDAQ was up 27 at 5,444. The S&P was up 13, 2,259. Uh, the 10-year yield today, holy smokes, 2.46 on the 10-year yield, up 0 0.08. Uh, that's a, that's a big move on that 10-year yield, 2.46% up 0 0.08. But what I had wanted to say is there's not so many preppers out there, but I'll tell you what, I've had more calls this week with people sharing with me their concerns and they're out of there. They're saying, I don't care if it hits 20000 or 25000 This market is not normal. It is not right. And they're scared. They're scared of the way this market has increased. They're pulling out. They told me. They shared with me. They're pulling out all their funds out of the paper markets because it just isn't normal. There is just, I mean, it really is bizarre uh, seeing this and having it last as long as it has. Uh, after the initial, after the election. So, um. Michael Snyder wrote this article that you referenced about mm -hmm. the prepping community. It was, it is like a nuclear bomb went off in the prepping community. That's the headline. They said, is the prepper movement in the United States dying? At one point, it was estimated that there were 3 million preppers. And for those of you who don't know, I imagine you all do, but for you, the preppers are people who are preparing for some sort of a, a calamity in our economic political system. They're anticipating there's going to be a moment when we're not going to be able to get electricity, not going to be able to get power, not going to be able to get gasoline, not going to be able to get food, and they're trying to store up whatever they think they're going to need for these difficult times. Well, after, he says, uh, in late 2016, interest in prepping has hit a multi-year low. The big reason for this, of course, is the election of Donald Trump that's fueled a tremendous wave of optimism among, among those who consider themselves to be conservatives, patriots, and evangelical Christians. Not since the election of Ronald Reagan has the mood uh, on the right shifted into in, a, in such a positive direction so suddenly. But now that everyone is feeling good about things, very few people seem to be interested in preparing for the hard times ahead. Uh, as publisher of the Economic Collapse Bob blog, Michael Snyder is in contact with a lot of people who serve the preparation community, and he claims, he says, that the sales of emergency food and supplies have been crashing since Donald Trump's surprise election victory. Firms that help people relocate outside the United States have seen their business really dry up. And he refers to one uh, high-profile individual that actually decided to move back the United States after Trump's victory. 
Um, Snyder says he's quite alarmed. So many people are suddenly letting their guard down. They're succumbing to this wave of optimism, but it's difficult to be convince people to be vigilant when things seem to be going so well. So well, what he's talking about is the fundamentals are still here. What's changed? Well, you that know new what? guy going into Washington, he'll be there in a couple and in, in, in basically a month before he even takes office. And yet, Santa, we're having a parade. You know? Well, I think a lot of this prepping that's been going on has been fueled a lot by, it's been a fad for many, um, fueled by a lot of these TV programs, reality programs, and so forth. And for people who move out of the country and, and so forth with this idea that things are better elsewhere and so forth, sometimes, and they move back so quickly just because of an election, I don't think, and I don't know who this person is and so forth, but it's just my guess and my opinion, I don't think they truly understand or do they really have a strong belief in what they were doing in the first place? Maybe it was, uh, you know, maybe it was a, you know, something exciting, something new. They heard somebody was moving and they decided to move and so forth. But I don't, I don't think if you're so quick to leave just because an election that was held just a month ago. And that changes your view of the whole world and the idea of, of what moves the world, what makes the world go round, I don't know how strong of a, of a belief that you have in, in the system. And, that's, and that you're easily moved and convinced that other things can happen and, you know, you just don't have a real strong... My guess is that the guy who made the decision to come back to the United States was already disenchanted about wherever he was that he'd moved to. And I think part of the reason for this is we've watched too many movies where you go to a foreign country. You know, they were made in the 40s and the 50s and the 60s. You go to a foreign country and everybody loves Americans. Um, you move into a foreign country and you may not be the most popular kid on your block. Uh, there is there's a certain amount of, hey, you know, and you're not as welcome as maybe as people may hope. And even if you were or you didn't expect to be welcome, there is a problem of adjusting to a foreign culture. It's not easily done. You think you're going to just walk in there and give them a big smile and everybody's going to, hey, hey, gringo, come on over, sit down. Not yeah. a vacation. No, it's not that. It's not that. It's, it's, it's something different. And there is a sense of isolation. But I think, too, this is also a good sign because it shakes out the weak believers. There's been a lot of misinformation, a lot of distortions of, um, even in the gold market, in any area that I see, articles written about things, getting people all lathered up about, you know, the end of the world because, um, you know, I mean, all these deadlines that things were happening. You know what? All of those people that predicted all those things, many of them will be gone. You won't ever hear from them again. They'll come back when the opportunity arises again. And I've seen this happen time and time and time again over the years. And that's why when these predictions and so forth are going on, I don't heed, I, I don't pay a lot of attention to them. Because I know what our system is made of. And I understand that. 
and an election is not going to cure our problems. But a lot of these new people um, that take advantage, they make a lot of money selling fear. They make, uh, um, you know, uh, you know, they, they sell their newsletters and everything else. And then when the times get tough, their history, they're gone. And I think we're possibly could experiencing uh, some of that right now. Now, I'm a little surprised that just because of the election, uh, that it may, it's making them weak in the knees and, and, and so forth. They're leaving so quickly. Um, but so it can be a good thing. And again, you hear a lot of stories about fake news and, and, and it's difficult to weed through a, a lot of the truth, a lot of the information that's being floated around. So, um, so in that sense, yeah, there's, there's a good thing. The key thing you have to remember is truly what is, and we talk about it here every day. We're not going to change. We're going to bring you the news. We're going to bring you how it's going to affect our purchasing, how how things are going to be, and whether it's good news. I said yesterday on the program, I said, hey, I, I, I'm hoping Donald Trump can bring things around. Um, I, I'm hoping he is going to be the success that I know he believes he will be. And But in the meantime, with that said, in order to be successful in turning this country around, the one thing they haven't addressed is our debt. I have not heard anything about how our monetary system is going to be addressed. The two go hand in hand. And I suppose they can create, I guess, uh, another bubble, um, a different type of a bubble, that we've experienced in the past, but again, none of the true problems to really make this country great again has to. We have to deal with our debt, not just our new debt, but our old debt, and we have to address our monetary policy. That's how I see it. And as long as we're on a fiat currency, until that is addressed, the one thing I know, and it might be seen, it might seem very simple to look at it this way, but it keeps it keeps me focused on path. As long as we have a fiat currency, we're going to have inflation. Government's going to continue to grow. Government's going to continue to spend, and gold prices are going to go higher. And it and let me let me rephrase that. It's not just gold prices are going higher. Gold will preserve my purchasing price regardless of the price. Let me change that because I said the wrong thing. Gold will preserve my purchasing power regardless of the price. An article here from the Washington Examiner based on an article, uh, a study that was titled No Recovery. An analysis of long-term U.S. productivity decline. New report on the economy says that productivity growth is at a 50-year low. That's not cause for breaking out the party hats and the uh, and the horns or this sort of thing. And then much of the positive talk about the nation's financial situation in the last election, much of it coming from the administration, was a lie. The report comes from the U.S. Council on Competitiveness and and Gallup 
uh, and finds that for many, the economy is in reverse, despite claims that there is an active recovery ongoing, complete with new jobs. The report makes clear that the Obama administration propaganda and media claims that a recovery is underway were carefully coordinated lies. Quite simply, there is no recovery and things are getting worse all the time. And America's swelling number four, America's swelling numbers of working poor. And a lot of people sit back and don't have much sympathy for the poor, too bad for them. But, you know, we see some very reports like this are evidence that Many of us may be joining the working poor, right? Don't bother holding your nose up at these people. You may be among them before this is all over. The people are right. The economy is not working well. But the problem didn't start with the Great Recession. For decades, the nation's income measured as GDP has barely grown overall. On a per capita basis, median household income peaked in 1999, 17 years ago. The subjective growth, uh, the subjective general health status of Americans has declined, even adjusting for the aging population. Disability rates are higher. Learning has stagnated. Fewer new businesses are being launched, and more workers and more workers are involuntarily stuck in part-time jobs or out of the labor force entirely. These trends have been published punishing the middle class, ideology, stubbornness, and disregard for the lives of Americans who have to live with that ideology and stubbornness have allowed the Obama team to look the other way and make pretend that their failed policies are shining up the nation. Back in reality, things are crumbling. Federal Reserve monetary policy made made, uh, changes that will be hard to undo. While we were snoozing, the bankers took charge, and they they sold you a lie to keep you passive and submissive. The point I'm making, the point this article is making, look, they're having a celebration because Trump got elected, but maybe there's not cause for such a celebration and maybe not cause for celebration at all. We'll take a break, a couple of commercials. Be back in a moment on financial survival. Please stay tuned. defended yourself with a gun. You've been booked for manslaughter, but it was self-defense. You go to court. Your bail is set at $100,000, but the legal defense you subscribe to doesn't cover that much. You still have legal jeopardy ahead, which would wind up costing even more money and time, and now you're beginning to really worry. Self-Defense Fund provides bail up to $100,000. We are a comprehensive litigation membership, backing you on appeals, legal expenses, court costs, and more. Discover selfdefensefund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. 
Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival, brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver. What's next, Melody? Well, prior to the break, we were talking about the uh, economy, uh, whether we were really in a recovery or not. But even for those who think that we are, there was an updated study by Harvard and Princeton. Their economist shows that a staggering 94% of net job growth from 2005 to 2015 was in alternate work, and that's temporary or unsteady work, and like independent contracting, temporary agencies, I mean, Uber, that would be one driving, um, that type of thing. And and that really is 94% of jobs created from 2005 to 2015 was in the alternative work. And they point out that the majority of these uh, temporary employees are on-call workers, freelancers, um, workers hired out through contract firms, and as companies have added back jobs that were cut, they, they want to have the more flex, flexibility, and this is what the study showed. So again, just, you know, here you have Harvard, here you have Princeton economists um, who are saying, hey, you know, things just aren't all that good. We might have a, a higher uh, employment. You know, they talk about they full employment. Claims. Pardon? They claim to have higher They claim to have, exactly. But even those that were created, uh, of course, uh, were not quality programs. You also have restaurant traffic. Traffic at U.S. fast food restaurants fell 1% in the third quarter uh, to mark the sector's first traffic decline in five years. And um, uh, some of the factors that weighed in was uh, ranging from higher costs of eating out, changing consumer behavior, which is part of, you know, disposable income, uh, higher bills for items such as rent, prescriptions. Uh, The term growing your business in a 1% world has become a popular mantra for the restaurant industry after six consecutive years of annual traffic gains. Um, But over the past uh, six months, they're certainly uh, changing very quickly. And eating out has become more expensive. And uh, usually the food is not all that great either. Uh, The food costs are low. It's just that they certainly charge a high price for eating out. So... 
You also have, um, there's a generic drug maker, Mylon. Um, if everyone remembers, they were the ones that were under fire for the huge high price hikes on the life-saving EpiPen for allergy treatments. They said that uh, it expected to cut less than 10% of its workforce uh, as they're restructuring. So they're looking, um, uh, this was in yesterday, I believe I had this, they were looking at 3,500 layoffs coming soon. There was another couple of, um, another layoff, SunPower. Uh, they announced on Wednesday that they were going to cut 2,500 jobs on top of previous cuts. This is a California-based company. And uh, so this is the 2,500 employees uh, represents about 25% of its workforce. And they're also going to shutter a 700-megawatt factory in the Philippines. And um, so their previous announcement to lay off was 1,200 workers, or about 15% of its workforce. So, again, big job cuts there. So, again, these are just little signs that show us that or tells us and confirms and supports that perhaps, you know, this economy that uh, we're being constantly told is so great is not so much. And you have Donald Trump, uh, you know, you hear that he's, Inheriting an economy at what two and a half percent GDP, give or take a little bit. Growth or, rate. Pardon. The, the annual growth rate at two and a half percent on yeah, the GDP. Of the GDP. So. I doubt that it's that much, but yeah. Well, that's my point. You know, he's. You know, so if reality comes after he's elected, he's really not embracing a two and a half percent economy. It's probably more likely you know, 1%, maybe 1.5%. So, um. Well, you know, when the Soviet Union collapsed back about 1990, one of the statistics that stuck in my mind over the course of the next several years is that the average life expectancy for the average man living in the Soviet Union dropped by something like 10 years. It went from something like 65 down to 56, if I recall correctly. Now, I, I don't know that it dropped nine years necessarily or 10 years, whatever. I don't, again, the number just it's just going through my mind, but I remember it with significant clarity given that it's, what, 15, 20 years ago. Um, at least when I heard the statistic. And the reason that comes, the reason I mention that is because here's an article Life expectancy in the United States drops for the first time in decades. In the Soviet Union, when it collapsed, the people's life expectancies also collapsed. There was a, there was a correlation. Um, people started dying earlier. Here we have life expectancy in the United States drops for the first time in decades. One of the fundamental ways scientists measure the well-being of a nation is tracking the rate at which its citizens die and how long they can be expected to live. So the news out of the federal government Thursday is disturbing. The overall U.S. death rate has increased for the first time in a decade. This is according to the analysis of our most recent data, and that led to a drop in overall life expectancy for the first time since 1993, particularly among people younger than 65. 
Philip Morgan, a demographer at the uh, University of North Carolina, said this is not a better indicator. Of, excuse me. He said there's not a better indicator of well-being than life expectancy. The fact that it's leveling off in the United States is a striking finding. Well, it's particularly interesting. We've had Obamacare, the signature legislation of the of President Barack Obama's administration, happening basically at the same time life expectancies are shortening. It hasn't. Obamacare has not reversed this trend. Um, we are allegedly in an economic recovery, but as we pointed out in an earlier article or just just a few minutes ago uh the recovery is a lie and we don't know how long if we don't know if this life expectancy data is a blip an anomaly we don't know if this is a long-term trend but it's certainly it's certainly one of the best indicators you can find that the economy is not doing well huh it's a sweeping debate about how many how many people are buying new cars, new homes, unemployment up down. Are the numbers falsified? Are they are they manipulated? We can have a debate on that. A lot of it's subjective. A lot of it's based on our different opinion and the rest of it. But when life expectancy begins to drop, that's pretty good evidence that we got trouble here in River City. With a capital T, and that stands and that rhymes with T. And I'm not sure what it's in the in the movie that rhymes with pool. I don't know that that'll help us at all. But still, this is evidence that the fundamentals are being are under stress, and that some sort of a serious some sort of a re, serious re, repercussion uh, is is well, headed our way. I think too when you have society and you have wealth. I mean, we're seeing the changes in China. Well, their their eating habits change. They they end up eating more meat. They end up eating more, you know, fatty foods. They they end up becoming a little more plump. Um, they're they're you know the wealthier you became you become your you know your your society changes as far as the habits and so forth. And I think too. I've also heard recently that a lot of these younger uh, death-related incidences is due to higher drug usage, higher suicides. So well, it again, may be, but I would here in the United States, if you're doing more drugs and you're stumbling into these suicides, it's not because you're making $200,000 a year. Typically, well, it's because point. you're barely hanging on. Uh, but, but that's my point. These, these are you know more signs of a society declining yeah. than one that is you know, in control. It, it's, to me, it's a signs of out of control. And uh, we've re- have we reached our peak? Can, can we, you know, can we recapture a peak um, to the, you know, to If we can get rid of the excess baggage, if we can eliminate the fraud and the exploitation that's been taking place in this country, if we can get a government that actually cares about the ordinary people rather than just the elite who give money to Congress and Senate and presidents to pass bills that help to enrich the elite. If we can do that, then we can make a recovery, and we will. Soviet Union, the the life expectancy was regained ultimately in Russia. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a permanent thing, but you have to get rid of your, you have to eliminate your bad habits. And they could be drugs, they could be alcohol, they could be just not having jobs. But if you can get rid of your bad habits, you can make a recovery. If you can't, um, 
hope you're good with the uh, hope you're in good standing with the good Lord because you may be seeing him sooner rather than later. What's <clears throat> next, Melody? Uh, plus two, when you look at the life expectancy in the U.S., you also have to ask the question, you know, how does the baby boomers, you know, fall into that? Have we had a lot of baby boomers that are, you know, a larger part of uh, the population? You know, so there's, there could be a lot of reason, but, you know, do we have a larger part of the population that has aged now that is more dying, which would skew um, that type of a of a report, but, uh, uh, but again, it, it doesn't, you know, I mean, look at Japan, I mean, look at their aging population and, and so forth. It doesn't fare for the younger generations when you have these, you know, these huge, uh, you had the, the big baby boomer population growth and then very little population growth after that. So it doesn't fare well for future economies. Well, it's one of those things. Uh, sooner or later, people are going to start having kids again. Um, but you're hopeful that we will have them in the context of a strong economy rather than... And then they'll be fighting the robots diversity. for jobs. Well, what can I tell you? you got to fight the robots. you got to fight, fight the illegal the aliens. God knows. I mean, it's a, it's a world where you just fight, fight, fight. Uh Here's an article that is interesting and important. This is from Zero Hedge. Documents prove massive rigging in silver market. Far suppresses the conspiracy alleged earlier. Almost everyone understands that the prices of hard assets are suppressed and that the real value price would be skyrocket under a true free market. But now traders have been caught in the act conspiring to suppress the price of silver in the markets. And this article is about silver, but you can bet it's also about gold. The details are not about gold, but the same thing applies. It is fraudulent, and nothing, uh, but nothing too evil for banks to engage in. They're talking about this market manipulation. If this made the mainstream news, it would look like an unprecedented crime. And evidence, of, uh, and evidence that all of Wall Street should be uh, regulated more closely. Since it isn't making the news, the banks are just quietly settling. In other words, I mean, they've been charged, but they're just not going to give you some money. You take your little <clears throat> FBI agents and whatever and go away and stop bothering us. Uh, most of the banks, are, some of the banks at least, are quietly settling. It is further indication that the entire industry sector is on the gold and silver price manipulation. It's a house of cards that could bring them all down. Back in April, when Zero Hedge first reported that Deutsche Bank had agreed to settle allegations that it had rigged the silver market in exchange for a $30 million, $38 million fine, it turns out there was, there was another report that was equally stunning. In a curious twist, the settlement letter revealed that former members of the manipulation cartel have turned on each other. The Deutsche Bank would provide documents implicating other precious metal riggers to wit. In addition to valuable monetary uh, consideration, Deutsche Bank has also agreed to provide cooperation to plaintiffs, that would be the government and whoever they're trying to sue for market manipulation. Uh, Deutsche Bank has agreed to provide cooperation to plaintiffs, including the production of instant messages and other electronic communications as part of the settlement. Now, I 
just in the last few days, we've, given, we've had a glimpse into what the production uh, of these documents contain in a lawsuit in New York. According to documents filed by the plaintiff in a class action lawsuit, what Deutsche Bank provided as part of its settlement was nothing short of smoking gun proof that UBS Group, HSBC Holdings, Bank of Nova Scotia, and other firms rigged the silver market. In the document, uh, records surrendered by Deutsche Bank traders and submitters were captured coordinating trades in advance of daily phone uh, of a daily phone call, manipulating the spot market for silver, conspiring to fix the spread on silver offered to customers, and using illegal strategies to rig the price. Now, the latest evidence is critical because, as the plaintiffs add, the new scheme far suppresses conspiracy alleged earlier. They've got so much new evidence, thanks to Deutsche Bank, Deutsche Bank that they, they're, they're asking to, in, they, they want to change their, their lawsuit, they want to make, uh, increase the complaint, demand more reparations. Uh, they see rigging, they see evidence of ongoing market rigging, meaning it's still taking place. And they talk about the traders, they have a couple of traders that are conspiring, they have records of it. The traders shared customer order flow information, improperly triggered customer stop-loss orders, and engaged in practices such as spoofing, all meant to destabilize the price of silver ahead of the fix and result in forced buying and selling. It also led to what on many occasions the, the, uh, to the infamous metals slam, led to this slam. This is words in quote. The word they use is slam, which means out of nowhere, billions of notional contracts emerge, usually with the intent to sell to halt any upside movement in the price of metals. What they're telling us, first off, they have a word spoofing that they use for one of the strategies. That means this is not, it's a spoofing. They know this strategy in the market industry. They have the slam. It's another word that is known in the marketing industry. All right? And they, it, this is not the evidence when they have specific words to identify their strategies. It's evidence that this is not something the couple guys just concocted up on the side and they say, hey, why don't we try this? It's evidence that this is an ongoing phenomena across many of our markets. The point behind all of this is that it, the market manipulation may be coming to an end or at least being slowed, maybe ended. If it does, prices for gold, prices of silver could go up dramatically. I'm Alfred Adasker with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival. Be back in a moment. Please stay tuned. Financial obligations or relationship problems have you feeling stressed out? When life is too much to handle, use Apothecary Herbs Emotional Stress Formula. Feel calm and more in control with herbs especially combined to provide the organic nutrition your system needs to help you cope. Complete instructions for maximum benefit and a money-back guarantee. You've waited long enough. Call Apothecary Herbs now. Toll free 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 
875-8010 or order online at the 3w.thepowerherbs.com. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. on financial survival. What's next, Melody? Well, I had something I wanted to share with the listeners. It also involved down where you're at, down there in Texas, and it involves the pensions. And I believe yesterday, and I'm going from the, as they say, seat of your pants because I can't find the for Dallas police officers and firemen's pensions. Yes, where they actually stopped uh, folks from being able to, uh, I guess they stopped issuing checks uh, from, to their pensions. They prevented them from um, cleaning out their accounts, apparently. The pension accounts were subject. You could yeah. withdraw everything if you wanted to at any moment. And some people were doing that because they see that regulation is going to tighten up on this. So they're getting in, get theirs now. And uh, they've passed laws that have regulations, determinations. I don't know whether they're laws or not. But in any case, you can't just pull your money out of the pension fund all at once. Well, no, I believe they actually stopped the checks. I'm trying to find this here as we speak. Um, they suspended all withdrawals and payments, not just trying to slow them down, uh -huh. um, coming out of the deferred retirement payments. This was a vote yesterday that stopped more than $154 million in requested withdrawals from being distributed today. Pensions officials says that the withdrawals could drop reserves below what was needed to sustain the fund. More than $500 million has been withdrawn since August. When we talked about this on the program, we thought, well, because they were concerned about that it was certainly an underfunded uh, pension by billions of dollars. And with that in mind, the first thing I'd want to do is pull out my money. And I was surprised that they didn't have anything at that time to sort of allocate these withdrawals. So now they put a, a complete suspension on all withdrawals and payments coming out of there. Dallas Mayor Mike Rawlings filed a lawsuit 
to stop the lump sum withdrawals, uh, which he said has sped up the estimated insolvency projection for the alien fund to about 10 years. Well, I guarantee it's a lot less than 10 years. Yeah, I know. If they're doing anything about it, it's more likely to be 10 months than it is 10 years. Uh, system officials says they're working to convert the liquid, the illiquid assets to liquid uh, and to resume monthly payments in January. So if they're resuming monthly payments, and that means nobody's getting a pension fund, nobody's getting a check. Um, kind of a terrible time. Uh, well, it's year. a difficult time, but I've got an article here, Don, that deals with the subject from a couple of days ago. And much to my surprise, um, they set up, Particular benefits for the for the Dallas uh, firefighter and police uh, retirees, and by the time it was done, if you worked the game properly, you could retire as a millionaire. Currently, yeah. there are 517 accounts uh, and, and bank accounts right now that in, they're involved in this retirement system, where individuals that have in excess of one million dollars. They have set up a pension fund where you could retire as a millionaire. And the truth of the matter is you can't do that with an ordinary job. I mean, I can understand people in Wall Street or whatever, maybe they get a pension fund that's, that can produce millions of dollars. I get that. But they're dealing with millions of dollars. Right now we've got police and firemen. There's no legitimate way that they can come up with a million-dollar pension from being a police officer or a fireman. They can do it. The law has been passed, laws have been passed that allow it to take place, but it's a hustle. It's a con. Somebody's got to pay for their retirement besides themselves. They're not taking a million dollars out of their own bank account. They're not taking a million dollars from their own earnings to provide this million-dollar pension. They are using systems that rely on taxpayers to subsidize their retirement, and as a result, some people at least were able to retire in excess with an excess of a million dollars. It can't work. It just can't work. Uh, the pension plan guaranteed eight, guaranteed 8% returns. Guaranteed. All right? People put your money in this fund over here. We guarantee you're going to make 8%. 8%? That's a deal. Guaranteed? Plus, they got a 4% annual inflation benefit. That's 12% a year on whatever they put into, into the retirement fund. Plus, they could cut a deal where they took their money, their checks, while they were still in the police department, still in the fire department, they could act as if they were retired and make deposits into this special fund, and the deposits would add up and add up over time where they wound up with a million dollars. The whole thing was a bunch of legalistic nonsense, right? And at the time, probably said, oh, it's okay, it won't, who's, you know, if it's, it'll be a problem maybe for the taxpayers <laughs> in 2016, but <laughs> that's years from now, we don't have to worry about that. Well, here we are, you know. But in any case, it's, uh, one of the things that's interesting about this, and you see some evidence of it also in Chicago, you've got a situation where the pension funds that are going to police and fire department people may wind up destroying the cities. Hmm? At the moment, the police and fire department pension funds may pose more of a threat to major cities in the United States than the crack dealers and the, you know, the gangsters. The people who were supposed to protect and defend the cities 
were actually part they, they participated in 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 devising pension funds that may actually help to destroy the city so we'll watch how this unfolds but it is an extraordinary irony people who are designed who were intended to protect the city may be instrumental in destroying some of them so, pensions pensions can't be paid uh, and if you try, as a matter of fact, the 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 the, uh, the mayor of Dallas, he was hoping to get, uh, he was trying to cut a deal where the police officers and the, and the fire department would agree to take cuts in their pensions. I'm trying to cut a deal, Melody, where they authorize me to fly around like Peter Pan. Uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that's going to go through, but I don't think my chances of flying like Peter Pan are much better than the Dallas mayor's possibility of getting police and fire officers to agree to take smaller pensions than they have finagled. To the moon, Alice. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> to the moon. Oh, I know. I mean, it's just, but here people are not getting their checks. And, you know, if they're going to resume monthly payments in January, you wonder at, you know, how much of a reduction, maybe not in January, but a reduction is coming. And, uh, you know, then to try and, you know, keep these people, you know, just continue with promises that, you know, that um, can't be and kept. This, and, this is, and, and this isn't just Dallas, folks. I mean, when you think of Texas and you think of Dallas and you think of the wealth and you think, well, and and you think of the way Texans think and you think of them more as a republic, you think of them as more of, you know, that they wouldn't do this. <laughs> you know, this is, you know, you would think that a state like Texas would be kind of a little bit of exempt. You know, I'm not 100 percent, but somewhat exempt from, you know, the, the some of the corruption and so forth you see, like in New York City and so forth. No, it's everywhere, folks. You know, it's just everywhere. And, you know, they promised things and, and they made these contracts. And, you know, but people shouldn't have believed that this was, you know, they shouldn't have believed that it was, uh, if it was too good well, to be true. Well, it was extortion is what it really was. We had people in government unions, and they were in a position that if you didn't give them what they wanted, they would threaten to, to withhold police services or fire department services. And people are going to, you know, buildings are going to burn. People are going to die. Who knows what's going to happen here? The agreements were extorted, you, but they didn't mind because they want. wouldn't be paid for another 20 years or whatever. Well, tag it well, how you want. It was something that was too good to be true. Well, and, I agree. And there's always, you know, and what's going to happen circumstances now? that, you know, wouldn't be acceptable to most. Pardon? What's going to happen? And the answer is that the police and the fire departments who negotiated these fabulous pension agreements are going to find out that they don't get anything. Oh, I it's don't mean really they, that's an exaggeration. They'll get something, but they're not going to get what they they instead of negotiating a deal that was fair. They cut a deal that was so one-sided that it had to fail. And now they're going to be caught precisely because it was one-sided. It'll be part of the reason why they wind up taking a serious loss. And they're going to be hurt. And what do you say? I don't know. There's a certain amount of justice in that. You know, you get so greedy, you think you can rob 
candy from a baby, all right, take it from, take all that candy. Then you eat it and you get diabetes. And you say, oh, this is so unfair. I, you know, I, I stole that candy fair and square and now I eat it and it gives me diabetes. Um, there's a point here where people are obligated, if they're sensible, to try to be fair rather than just take advantage of opportunities. And that's a lesson we can all agree on, and, and not many of us can follow it. I mean, all the rest of you should be fair, but if I see an opportunity, maybe I can just pounce on it. It's, it's the way we kind of think. But um, We're going to learn some painful lessons here. And one of them is going to be, I've been talking now since I think 2010, first time I started talking, what can't be paid won't be paid. And as good as and as exciting as we can be on the, our future and changing things to the positive, these bad the, these bad things aren't going away. I mean, we still have these situations that we're going to have to live through, adjust to, and they're not going to be pleasant for many, many people. So again, folks, you know, just see through all the hoopla and, and place yourself in a position, make sure you are protected and it's oh if you want to be in paper and take advantage of if you think the Dow is going to go to 25,000 be my guest but get it insured properly and owning 10% or 20% of gold is not going to do it for you so again just make sure you're positioned properly so your gold and silver will protect you from what we see as a 70-80% drop in your paper investments Here's an article we were talking earlier about robots taking over. over. I'm not sure this is out of the U.K. Uh, Corporate giant Capita replaces staff with automations. Uh, It's an outsourcing giant Capita. I'm not quite sure exactly what they do. They're listed in the uh, FTSE 100. Uh, They collect the, let's see, it provides services. But anyway, they're going to sack 2,000 employees and replace them with robots. And, um, uh, of course, uh, this article talks about uh, uh, the fear uh, that could that this could be repeated across their economy, leading up to more than a million job losses. Uh, it said it was used the saved money it saved uh, to fund investment into robotic workers. So, you know, the money that they save from firing people is only going to go back into more investments to see how more robots or uh-huh. robotic workers could help the, com- the, the company even more. So the investments are going back into um so they're talking about more than 850,000 public sector jobs. You wouldn't think teachers. Well, I don't know about teachers. Look at computers now. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, people get their degrees on the computer anymore. They don't need a professor. Social workers, police officers, they talked about could be replaced by computer programs. So, And, again, I think we talked about this once. What happens to these governments? How are they going to provide for the people? You know, how how are people going to have access to, to food and, and everything else? Um, and it would be that you would receive your monthly government check. So The other point is this. If, re, if robots are going to replace the people, <laughs> what is it they're going to produce that anybody's going to be able to buy? You know, I'm going to get a robot. I, we're going to get a robot, and we're going to make meals. Okay, but we're not going to hire any employees. 
Well, pretty soon, how does anyone have any money okay. to buy food? If you're, if what is the point get of getting a robot if you can't get money to the people where they can buy the product that's being made? The government provides the check to everyone. Well, that's a good theory, but we'll watch to see. <laughs> And maybe it'll work out that way. I don't know, but we are certainly on you know, interesting times. I mean, they're even. Uh, this is a little risque for me, but I mean, if you think about it, you're seeing more and more articles about robots and sex. You're not going to have any ladies of the evening anymore. They're going to lose their. Oh jobs. my gosh! <laughs> they're going to lose their jobs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you mean when we go down to the million dollar saloon, there's going to be a robot strutting around that brass pole? You won't have to go down to the saloon. You'll be able to get it in 3D or virtual reality. Holograph or whatever else. And have your friendly. The times they are a changing, Melody. You know, <laughs> should have Bob you, Dylan here to but sing. You know that what's song. funny, Al? I can remember talking about these things back in the 70s, 80s. Um, so, uh, again, here we are talking about the same thing, and um, so it takes a while, you think, but we might just be on the no, cusp. No, it's moving fast. We now. might just be on the cusp of it. Uh, this isn't the 70s and 80s anymore. No. No, things were slow moving back then. Yeah. They were fixing to replace 2,000 workers with robots. I don't know. You know, I mean, and, and by when we're not talking, and we're not talking about two thousand workers by ro- being replaced by robots ten years from now. No, not at all. No, this is bang, bang, bang. You're going to be buying robots down at Walmart before this is all over. Get a new robot. Need help? You could either get yourself an illegal alien. You could, uh, I don't know, or get yourself a robot. What do you want? We're out of time for the day, for the week. Thanks for listening. Melody and I will be back on Monday. In the meantime, the good Lord bless you, the Melody, and Frank, the, or Todd, the producer. I work all Bye-bye. Night. I work all day to pay the bills I have to pay. There never seems to be a single penny left for me. That's too bad. In my dreams, I have a friend. If I got me a The political, religious, and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement. You've just defended yourself with a gun. You've been booked for manslaughter, but it was self-defense. You go to court. Your bail is set at $100,000, but the legal defense you subscribe to doesn't cover that much. You still have legal jeopardy ahead, which would wind up costing even more money and time, and now you're beginning to really worry. Self-Defense Fund provides bail up to $100,000. We are a comprehensive litigation membership, backing you on appeals, legal expenses, court costs, and more. Discover selfdefensefund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. 
You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices.
right, good afternoon all. This is the Frank Report. I am your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is Friday, December 9th, 2016. It's about eight and a half minutes after 2 p.m. Pacific time, if that's when it is where you're at. We're live. 800-932-1980, 800-932-1980 on Friday afternoons. I give it to you a few more times and let you know this is your last chance to call in this week to the well to any show, okay, on this network. Well, actually, that's not true because, well, you know, Saturday actually is still a part of this week. And uh, Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific time, okay, so that's uh, 11 a.m. Eastern time, so it's not so early over there. Uh, You can tune in to AVRN2, okay, there's a 56K or a 16K. You can also go to the satellite and hear it, and that would be Govern America, live show, now we don't use he doesn't use the same call in number he has his own call in number but he will give it out and you can call into that show and participate also if you listen live. Now you heard that show last night. I replayed on Thursday evenings for everybody who didn't get a chance to hear it in the uh in the Saturday morning. But you can't participate when you listen to a replay. But you can on Saturday mornings. So technically this is not the last show that you can call into this week. But it is the last Frank report you can call into this week. So if you were thinking about doing so, and it just kind of got by you, time slipped by or whatever, you got busy, and you're there now, 800-932-1980 is that number. You can also go to the chat room, which is located at our website, TheAmericanVoice.com or AmericanVoiceRadio.com. That will get you to the website. Everything you need to know about that website will be found there. And I'll be making some updates this weekend to it. Uh, Nothing, well, kind of, nothing really drastic or anything. Nothing that changes the, uh, just some more information, some additional things, you know, expanding and I you know ideas that I've had for a long time but take a long time for me to get anything done it seems uh anymore or maybe not a long time time is just going too fast maybe that's it but whatever it is I just don't seem to be getting things done at the rate uh that I'd like to or the rate I used to be able to get things done I don't know if anybody is finding that out and I know people just say oh well that's just because you're getting older well I don't think so okay because I've talked to some people that, well, uh, let's see, they at the time they were like 23 years old. And this conversation came up, and they agreed and said the same thing. And it's like, really? At 23, man, I had lots of time. I had more time on my hands than I knew what to do with when I was 23. Well, I actually found things to do with it, but, uh, you know, it wasn't always, uh, you know, this kind of like younger people get in trouble more is because they got all this time on their hands and they got to find things to do. And sometimes they're not always the best choices because, of course, we're young and dumb at that age and we do stupid things. Uh, well, I did. I don't know about you. You're probably all out there perfect and always have been perfect, right? Uh-huh. Anyway, 
So that'll be coming up on the website, uh, you know, hopefully by Monday or something. At least there'll be something new. And I'm not going to tell you what now. You'll, we'll see how many people notice it. And I do encourage you to search around the site because of stuff like that. You know, new things will be on the site. And, uh, and one of the things I can tell you is going to be on the site is going to be, uh, I, I, I know I was, it was brought to my attention by somebody in the chat room who wanted to order, or is interested in ordering anyway, a, a water distiller, and uh, was pointed out to me, you know, uh, there's really, there's no place on the website that that can be ordered. And sure enough, there isn't. That's real no, that's real good, isn't it? You know? <laughs> I mean, really. Yeah, yeah, buy this. Uh, but, you know, don't worry about how. Okay, well, that's going to be fixed. I can tell you that. So... And we're going to be going with a, uh, there'll be a link to a, a AVRN Superstore, like there used to be on the old website. I don't know how that got by me. I guess I'm just not, I, I guess my mind just doesn't think, sell, 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 like a real patriot would. But, uh, you know, that's just me. Anywho, and yes, that's a dig on some patriots out there. That uh, And look, I got nothing against people making money. But when you got to tell lies and, and exaggerate things and, and get everybody all worked up for, you know, really no reason, just in order to sell things, well, then I think that's probably wrong, you know. And, you know, how much different is that than the mainstream media? See, this is my question. Everybody seems to like the slick mainstream media type thing when a patriot can manage to do it. You know, but then how did that happen? And how is this different than what the mainstream media is doing? We complain all the time. They do fake news. They sell crap. You know, they all make tons of money lying to us. And, and this is the mainstream media. We're all aware of that. But then we go to the patriot end of it, and there's a bunch out there basically doing the same thing. And, and I'm not saying it's the same exact thing. Look, if I tell you that, you know, scientists have shown that there is a possibility that the sun will ejaculate a mass corona thing, and uh, create a huge EMP pulse, which wipes out the complete electric grid. Well, and, and that you should probably prepare, you know, or at least think about it. That's one thing. But if I get on there and say, a mass ejection is coming our way and we're all going to die, dig a hole and get in the ground now, and I just happen to be selling bomb shelter so buy 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 for me and i have a dvd to go with that dvd buy my dvd you know and i do that and why would you want to do that because you're all gonna die if you don't well i don't know i can't be on board with that sort of thing because that's the same thing the mainstream media is doing you don't think so? You know what Hillary Clinton said yesterday? I read I read that on the air last night. I this woman is just she just won't quit. 
fucking, this won't stop, man. I mean, it's like, come on, are you kidding me? Oh, yeah, she says, hey, people's lives are at risk. Why? Well, because of fake news. That's why. Wow. Hey, do you know, have you even heard of anybody dying because of fake news? This is unbelievable. But this is the kind of thing she did. I mean, really. People's lives are at risk because of fake news. And we have to stop it now. Okay. You know, I, I on one hand agree with her. I think the FCC should pull CNN, MSNBC. Uh, I think they should pull their license to broadcast immediately and put them under review. And why should why should they stop broadcasting while they're under review? Because there's enough evidence on the face that they are dangerous. Okay, that their lies are dangerous. Their lies have put people's lives at risk. Want to hear one? How about Zimmerman? So some black little thug comes out and, uh, you know, is going to try to mug him and rob him, smack him in the head, put him down on the uh, pavement, beat him probably to death, so the guy shoots him. Well, okay. Now, to me, I don't care if you're black, white, Mexican, girl, boy, whatever. You jump me, start beating my head into the uh, pavement, I'm going to shoot you. And I'm going to feel the same way about shooting you, whether you're a girl, a boy, a black, a white, a Mexican. I don't really care. See, what I care about is the beating my head in part. It doesn't really matter who you are after that or what you look like or, or anything. Nothing else really matters except you're beating my head in and I need to make you stop. And if shooting you is the only way I can do that, then that you're being shot. However, what they did, he called 911. And 911, gee, and why would a emergency phone operator ever ask you such a racist question you know what race was he oh i'm sorry i can't tell you that would be racist i guess that's what george zimmerman should have told the 911 operator oh i'm sorry you can't i can't tell you that because that would be racist but instead he said he's black. Okay. Well, what did uh, the mainstream media do? Well, they clipped out the part where the 911 operator actually asks that question and just puts it together where he's just saying, a black guy, blah, 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 like he's some kind of racist. Well, you know, George Zimmerman, because of that, got a lot of death threats. Okay, now I can blame the blacks for, you know, making death threats against the guy. But then again, I don't know if blaming the blacks who made death threats against George Zimmerman is really justified. Because, you see, they were led to believe by supposedly credible news organizations that George Zimmerman was targeting people of their race to shoot and kill. 
Well, folks, now if you find out somebody is targeting a group you belong to to shoot and kill, aren't you going to make some threats back? Like, if I see you, I'll kill you first sort of thing. I believe that's justified. See, the problem is, well, the mainstream media was lying, leading these people to believe something that wasn't true and putting George Zimmerman's life in danger. So in a way, Hillary Clinton is telling the truth. But you see, she's pointing the finger away from the actual culprits of this crime, which is CNN, MSNBC, and to a lesser degree, but still guilty, Fox News. All of them do it. It's, it, it's, you know, it's so obvious. I mean, here they are pointing the finger outward about fake news when that's all the FCC licensed news organizations put out anymore is fake news. They even admit they create the news. That's why they say they own it. Well, we own it because we created it. Well, to that extent, I guess they do own it. But anyway, so that's where we're at there. Anyway, and then some, yep, somebody in the uh, chat room brings up one more example. I mean, there's, there's thousands of examples, folks, throughout the country. Probably thousands of examples every month if we were to keep track of all the newscasts everywhere in the country, including local news. All FCC licensed. You remember the gentle giant? Yeah, beating a cop in the face and trying to grab his gun. Hands up, don't shoot. Yeah, even they even edited the 911 phone call before it was on the news. Hey, this goes on and on. Anyway, here comes another story that is probably going to upset you. It upsets me. And I, I'm torn here, but not so much anymore. Here's the headline. Churches vow to offer sanctuary to people in United States illegally. From Brockton, Massachusetts, this is an AP story. Hundreds of houses of worship are offering sanctuary to people who could face deportation if President-elect Donald Trump follows through on his campaign pledge to remove millions of immigrants living in the country illegal. For one, you are not an immigrant if you are living here illegally. Okay? Immigrant is a legal status, meaning you're here legally. They're not here legally. They're not immigrants. They are invaders. To some churches, sanctuary means spiritual support or legal assistance to fight deportation. Others promise or are already extending physical sanctuary by housing illegal aliens. Well, I got news for these churches. If you are a 501c3 religious organization benefiting from the privilege of tax exemption because you have created a creature of the state, then the state, the United States federal government, 
should take that away from you. Because you're engaged in illegal activity. No, I don't know of any other license or privilege that the federal government gives out to say, oh, yeah, that's okay. You can break federal law. You can keep your license. Okay? Listen, in states that have legal marijuana, where it is not illegal, it is not a crime for you to go buy marijuana and smoke it. Well, if you tell them on your application when you go buy a gun, and they put it on there, they ask, oh, you have any illegal, and then they say, well, it's still illegal, uh, federal law. Well, that's okay. Then you're not allowed to buy a gun. Yes, Owning a gun is a right, not a privilege, yet they say, no, you can't buy a gun from a federally licensed, uh, you know, FFL uh, dealer. But yet, you can keep your 501c3 tax exemption and just violate Im U.S. immigration law and, uh, what is that called? Harboring fugitives, I think? That's what that's called when you have criminals that you're hiding from the authorities so they can't be arrested? Isn't that called harboring a fugitive? Because that is what illegal aliens are. They are fugitives. I say take it. Take it away from them. You know, and that's really the only power that the federal government has over this whole thing. I am by no means encouraging or supporting that the federal government march into any state to enforce any federal law on anybody. I really am not. I don't think it's right. I think it's a violation of the jurisdictional uh, separations between the federal and state governments. However, the federal government has created a candy shop sort of environment with their money that they print out of thin air, and they pass it around like crazy. I mean, they pass it out to the uh, the schools. Oh, sure, here, here's a pile of money. You buy yourself a new stadium, buy yourself a new library, buy yourself... Oh, oh no, forget the stadium, forget the library. We'll tax the people extra for that. Here's more money so you can give them teachers a raise because they're doing such a fine job. Kids can't even do math anymore. Yeah, they're doing such a fine job. Give them a raise. They should all be fired. The public schools should be shut down. Those buildings should be sold to private schools. Imagine that. Imagine if every public school in your area was sold. And you know who it should be sold to first? The local school board should have first dibs on buying school property. And how could they do that? Well, they could do that by getting all the parents and everybody together and saying, hey, let's buy this school. And you see, you just fired all the public school teachers, so you don't have to worry about their pay and their benefits and their retirement program and them choking out the state because they're sucking up every last dime there is out there for their incompetent brainwashing that they're pulling on the children. 
you'd have plenty of money to buy the school. Then you can start hiring teachers. And you can hire teachers that you want. Hey, what do I care? Oh, you don't have a college degree? Oh, you don't have this and that and the other thing? Well, gee, what do I care? You know what? I figure any adult out there that can read and write can certainly teach anybody up to about fourth or fifth grade. Anybody who can read or write should be able to teach children up to fourth or fifth grade with no problem at all. I don't care who you are and what your educational level is. If you can read and write, you should be able to teach them because you've got to be smarter than a fifth grader, right? And why not have people, hey, what about grandma? Want a part-time job, grandma? You know, maybe help out with the Social Security payment there a little bit. You can come down to the school and teach history. How about that? How about teaching history that you lived, that you saw? You ever talk to any old people, man? I have. I liked talking to, and when I say old, I mean like over 80. I used to buy hay from a guy down here who was like 96 years old. And he would drive down there in his own pickup truck. His name was Red Harper. Man, I loved that guy. I used to really look forward to, I mean, I didn't look forward to all the work, but I did look forward to going down there and buying hay from this guy because I always used to talk to him for hours. And he would tell me stories about this area, and he lived in this area his whole life. And he told me about the changes and what used to be and how it used to be. And, you know, it was so cool. You know, you get people like that. Oh, but grandma doesn't have a college degree. She doesn't have a teaching certificate. Who the hell cares? You know what? We tried that. It doesn't work. Look at the, look at the statistics. Kids can't read. They can't write. They don't do cursive anymore. They know nothing about history. They know nothing about civics. They forget about science. They don't even do gym anymore. And they certainly can't manage math. And I'm not just saying this. The statistics all show it. We have been plummeting. Plummeting. Among the rest of the so-called industrialized world. You know, we're going to have to start putting our kids in a different category. Well, hey... We're number three in the uh, third world uh, thing. Yay, go us. You know, maybe we could, you know, yeah, but that's the third world. Is that really what we've become? Well, educationally, yes, that is what we've become. And it's not getting any better. It's getting worse. They're going to have to create a whole other world, the fourth world. Hey, we could be number one in the fourth world. Maybe that would be good. Hmm? It's unbelievable. But you know what? I'm going to uh, actually play some, uh, well, some fun things here. I think they're fun anyway. Uh, but, hey, this is a guy who I used to watch. He used to do a special, and I used to watch this guy on PBS, uh, Channel 13 out of New York City. <laughs> And uh, I loved him as a kid. I thought it was really funny. And uh, I'm going to play some, a couple of his songs right now. I always like to end on a positive note. So here is a rousing, uplifting song, which is guaranteed to cheer you up. 
When you attend a funeral, it is sad to think that sooner or later those you love will do the same for you. And you may have thought it tragic not to mention other adjectives to think of all the weeping they will do. But don't you worry, no more ashes, no more sackcloth, and an armband made of black cloth will someday never more adorn a sleeve. For if the bomb that drops on you gets your friends and neighbors too, there'll be nobody left behind to grieve, and we will all go together when we go. What a comforting fact that is to know. Universal bereavement, an inspiring achievement. Yes, we all will go together when we go. We will all go together when we go. All suffused with an incandescent glow. No one will have the endurance to collect on his insurance. Lloyds of London will be loaded when they go. Together when we fry, we'll be French fried potatoes by and by. There will be no more misery when the world is our rotisserie. Yes, we all will fry together when we fry. We will all bake together when we bake. There'll be nobody present at the wake with complete participation in that grand incineration. Nearly hunks of well-done steak. We will all char together when we char. And let there be no moaning of the bar. Just sing out a tedium when you see that ICBM and the party will become as you are. We will all burn together when we burn. There'll be no need to stand and wait your turn. Time for the fallout, and St. Peter calls us all out. We'll just drop our agendas and adjourn. We will all go together when we go. Every hot and hot and every Eskimo. When the air becomes uranium, we will all go simultaneous. Yes, we all will go together when we all go together. Yes, we all will go together when we go. about where your next meal will come from if the power is out for an extended period of time, I'd like to suggest Numana Foods, a family-owned business with a passion for food quality and taste, as well as long-term storage reliability. Numana.com. Check them out for your family's health and security. Food so good tasting and good for you, it can be eaten every day. Standard buckets are GMO-free, contain no aspartame, high fructose corn syrup, autolyzed yeast extract, chemical preserved or soy. You can be confident your Numana meals will be there for you and your family when you need them during an emergency. Numana.com, a nutritionally healthy way to prepare for any disaster. That's Numana.com. N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. You've made a serious investment in protecting yourself and your family. You've purchased the gun, the ammunition, the training, and even secured a license to carry in your state. 
You know the Constitution and don't believe you should have to pay for a right that you already have, as written in the Second Amendment, but you are law-abiding. Now you are considering the legal defense options you should have if you ever have to use a firearm. Self-Defense Fund is a comprehensive litigation membership backing you on appeals, legal expenses, court costs, and more. Up to $1 million per incident and unlimited attorney costs per member. Discover selfdefensefund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it. Nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Down there in your shelter, you can watch me on your TV while we're attacking frontally, watch brinkily and huntily, describing contrapuntally the cities we have lost. No need for you to miss a minute of the agonizing Holocaust. Little Johnny Jones, he was a U.S. pilot, and no shrinking violet was he. He was mighty proud when World War III was declared. He wasn't scared, no siree. And this is what he said on his way to Armageddon. So long, Mom, I'm off to drop the bomb. So don't wait up for me. But though I may roam, I'll come back to my home, although it may be. Remember, Mommy, I'm off to get a commie, so send me a salami and try to smile somehow. I'll look for you when the war is over. 
an hour and a half from now. All right, we're back. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It's still Friday, December 9th, 2016, and now it's about 2.40 and a half out here on the Pacific Time Coast. If that's when it is where you're at, ooh, we are live. All right. So, trying to do a couple things at once here because uh, Fridays are a little hectic for me, a little hectic for me because, you know, it's my only day that I can do things uh, that are, well, all places are still open because, you see... For my convenience, places are closed on the weekends that I need to use, so i got to try to do it on Friday all there. Anyway, the uh, guy singing that song is Tom Allaire, L-E-H-R-E-R. He has a lot of other kind of, uh, oh, I don't know, parody songs, I guess you would call them. They're kind of funny. They're they're a little, uh, some of them are a little dated, but they're still funny, and eh, they're not that long, so they're kind of cool to listen to. I like them, anyhow. All right, let's get to something. Oh, 800-932-1980 is the call-in number. You know, not that any of you will call in, but, uh, hey, you can go to the website, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com, uh, and you can go there. All right, so let's get to some uh, dun, 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 dun stuff. How about Merkel? You know, I was having this conversation with somebody last night, and uh, it came up. You know, yeah, look at her. She's like the only one standing anymore. That's right, the only communist standing. And why would she be a communist? I mean, good golly. Well, did you know? I mean, see, I thought everybody knew this. But when I brought it up, and this is why I'm bringing it to you guys, because maybe you don't know either. Andrea Merkel is an East German communist. Okay? I mean, honestly, folks, you, you know, I thought, honestly, I really did think everybody knew that. Because that this was, I don't know, I thought it was common knowledge. Apparently it isn't. Because somebody I was talking to, who, who is generally well-informed, they didn't know. So I figured I'd, I'd bring this to you because maybe you don't, maybe you didn't know either. Matter of fact, I have a little, uh, a uh, picture here that I'm saving, and I'll put in the uh, chat room, and it's in of little Andrea when she was a lot younger, in her little communist East German uniform, marching along and smiling and having a wonderful time with all her comrades. Yeah, oh, you know, so she can't deny it, not that she would, because she's probably proud of being a communist. In recent years, there's been increased interest in the background of German Chancellor Angela Merkel. This has increased due to the colossal decision she has made on behalf of all of Europe to rip up the Dublin Agreement. Yeah, and what was the Dublin Agreement? It was that refugees must apply for asylum in the first safe country only. And she welcomed the entire Muslim and North African world into all of Europe. This, as we know now, was a bitter pill the European people were forced to swallow. And the girls in Europe are forced to swallow a lot more than a bitter pill because the Muslim rapists are around and they're raping German women left and right and all European women because that's part of their culture. 
picture, don't you know? And they don't care if they're 12 years old or 8 years old, because that's, again, part of their culture. So, they they got this bitter pill washed down with some emotional blackmail, contrived humanitarianism, and a complete refusal to consider long-term consequences, or even the democratic will of the people of Europe, let alone just Germans. Who voted for this? Well, nobody. But there are no repercussions. Instead, she gets honored with Time Magazine Person of the Year for 2015 for her brave and inspirational decision to suicide her nation on the altar of political correctness. Despite the complete control of German media, finally some interesting information has percolated into the public consciousness thanks largely to a book, Das Erstleben der Angela M. Well, you might wonder, what the heck does that mean? Well, it means The First Life of Angela M. by Ralph George Ruth and Gutner Lachman. In it, the authors paint a very different picture of Angela Merkel, who grew up in the communist former East Germany, and was under that system until the age of 35, when it collapsed in 1989. The book raises more questions than it provides answers, though. The young Angela was devoted and passionate communist, joining the FDJ. That's the Free German Youth. East Germany's version of the Hitler Youth. Yeah, that that's what that was. In 1981, East Germany's vision of the oh yeah, East Germany's version of the Hitler Youth. She worked her way up the ladder to take a leadership role in Agiprop. Yeah, Agiprop. Now come on, you can guess what that means. Yes. Well, that's kind of a little shortening of agitation and propaganda from the Russian uh, Angestia propaganda. She also learned Russian, perhaps a sign of her devotion to the communist ideal, her political ambitions, or a certain level of Russophilia common in East Germans growing up under communism. Well, you know, it's like people in the media and the government here, you know, they've got this Russia phobia thing going on, which is unjustified. And Russia philia is unjustified also. Okay, Russia's a flawed country just like we are. They got good parts and they got bad parts. And, you know, we got to realize that. There's nothing all good and all bad about either one. Of course, the United States is doing its very best to be all bad. You know, at least the Russian government doesn't promote homo freaks. Okay? They're not promoting, hey, let's kill as many babies here as we possibly can. You know, they're not promoting any of that stuff. They're not promoting, hey, let's run around the world and overthrow everybody we don't like and kill all the civilians while we're at it. They're not for that either. But, you know, they got bad things going on, too. They have corruption, and they have all that, too. And and I'm sure their politicians lie, just maybe not as much as ours do, but I'm sure they do. So, you know, they have their problems. They have their banking problems. They they have a fiat currency also, which is bad. It's a foundational destruction point, okay? I don't care what else you have, what kind of president you get, what kind of Congress you put in there. As long as you've got fiat 
no value, spun out of thin air. All it depends on is if everybody believes it's good. Currency. When you have that, you are on the road to destruction. Doesn't matter who you are or what else. But anyway, as a high-ranking and trusted party member, that would be the Communist Party, folks, she was allowed to freely travel between East and West Germany, a privilege only reserved for the most fanatical ideologues. Because, see, if you weren't, he might just stay in the West. But she didn't, because she was a fanatical ideologue for communism. In the years leading up to the toppling of the Berlin Wall, Merkel used her position to feverishly denounce reunification. How did this woman get to be the chancellor of a unified Germany? Did the Germans lose their minds or, or their memories? What, what happened here? Give me your youth. Give me just one generation of youth and I will transform the world, Vladimir Lenin. Oh, let's go back to our public school system, folks. What do you think they're based on? He alone who owns the youth gains the future. That's what Adolf Hitler said. See, there's really not a lot of difference between the so-called fascists and the so-called communists. Okay, they're not either. They're just tyrants, man. That's all they are. Why is it that fantastic regimes or parties always set up a youth wing? Answer, because young minds can be easily shaped. You see, the communist youth of America is called mandatory public school. Okay, that's what, that's what it is here forever changing their outlook and how they interact and perceive the world. Getting into a mind that is still developing is to rewrite it permanently. This is one of the uh, stated reasons why Anders Breivik chose to slaughter the youth on the Norwegian island of Utøya in 2011. This was a Labor Party youth summer camp where multiple seminars on political ideology were held daily to a captive youth movement, molding what Breivik perceived was a new generation of traitors who would be force-feeding and brainwashing the European population with cultural Marxist ideology around multiculturalism, open borders, and political correctness. It was also probably why in Germany schools are busing in migrant children to guilt German children out of any anti-migrant views. It's why schools in the UK have mosque trips where kids are forced to recite the Chandra, declaring themselves Muslim, forced to wear Islamic garbage clothes. And if they refuse to play ball, they are publicly shamed. In 2016, assignments are given to children where they are forced to explain why they have decided to convert to Islam. No, not kidding. Please read the link there. Well, they give a link. Maybe I'll put it into the uh, chat room. 
if anybody's interested. Throughout the West, there is an educational trend whereby Islam is glorified. Christianity is belittled. The Crusades are denigrated and taken outside of the context of 400 years of Islamic jihad that preceded them. And worse more, time is spent learning about Islam than any other religion. Where are the trips to churches? Where are the trips to synagogues? Why? One must ask why. Are they preparing a new generation for what is to come? Are they brainwashing them? These stories and countless others, too numerous to mention, all seem to fit extremely clearly into a pattern that is literally the same worldwide. Oh, I wonder why that is. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. I think I heard somewhere about something called the Worldwide Communist Revolution. Oh, man. Wherever leftist, leftist politics have a hold, an enforced multiculturalism and mass migration agenda, but only in majority white countries. Nobody lectures the Chinese, the Africans, the Mexicans, the Saudis, the Indians, that their culture is privileged and racist and therefore must benefit from multiculturalism to remove prejudice and atone for the sins of forefathers long since dead. There is an implicit anti-white slash anti-indigenous European proposition inherent in the new religion of political correctness slash multiculturalism. An assumption of historic guilt, of white privilege, of something shameful that must be atoned for. Okay, rant over. Get back on track. I want to highlight the cultural Marxists who have long since infiltrated education as part of their long march through the institutions. That is a quote. Today's Marxist revolutions wear suits and hide behind inoffensive titles like liberal, progressive, labor, social democrat, like the Fabian Society, most famous modern example being masked uh, migrationalist and traitor Tony Blair. Most famous historical example, example being the eugenicist Bernard, uh, George Bernard Shaw. These positive-sounding labels are essentially rebranding of socialism. Indeed, many of the top EU bureaucrats, when looking into their background, were in various far-left or communist youth groups before they donned new political robes. Here's a side note. Just researching the wolf in sheep's clothing, original symbol of the Fabian Society, is creepy enough. Thank consider the Fabians clear links to Condenhove Kalaji style mass immigration agenda. Then have a look at the sinister turtle, the replacement symbol, note the slogan, and look at how it appears on the front of the symbol-rich issue of The Economist. There's the turtle signaling, in my opinion, the start of the mass migration master plan. When I strike, I will strike hard, after all. It is a coincidence that is it a coincidence that this symbol appeared on the cover in the year of the greatest mass migration influx in European history? Maybe, but I doubt it. Then again, maybe we won't have to worry, considering the mushroom cloud appearing above Cam uh, Cameron's head. Through the youth, they hope to shape the future. Our ideals, politics, reactions to events, and preparation for things to come that are long since planned, but would not be accepted if an entire generation was not first preconditioned to accept 
and indeed welcome it. Now, I want to point something out for you so-called Christians out there. And I say so-called because, look, I'm not judging your salvation. I'm judging your knowledge, your understanding of the Bible. Have you read the part where it says that you will be ruled by children and women, and this is a curse from God? Huh? Have you been reading where it says that your children will kill you? Did you get to that part yet? Well, I suggest you skip ahead and give it a read. Because you wonder, well, how could that ever happen? Why would that ever happen? Well, for good God, folks, I mean, it's already happened. Children were turning in their parents in Soviet Russia. Children were turning in their parents in Nazi Germany. Children to this day are turning in their parents in communist red China. Yeah, our good trading buddies over there. It's always gone on, folks. You send these kids to school, you brainwash them, and they have no choice but to turn against you. They believe they're doing the right things. They perceive you, the parents, as the enemy. This much is clear. The East German society under communism was one of the most highly controlled, brainwashed, spied upon, and manipulated societies in all of recorded history. The Stasi, which was the East German the secret police, live on in infamy and have become a clique for a certain type of totalitarian behavior. What if Angela Merkel was no fan of Germany, or indeed European indigenous people? What if her communist beginnings were never eroded, her ideology, uh, ideological fire never dimmed? What if she saw the collapse of East Germany as an opportunity to infiltrate the West and achieve far more from within the heart of the enemy? What if she understood the traditional communist was no longer effective and started to believe that the way forward was through cultural Marxism and long-term social engineering? Ms. Merkel may be the ultimate sleeper cell. Merkel is uniquely equipped through her ideological drive, her skills in agitation and propaganda to force through a covert agenda against an unwitting German public. What if, like the Saul Alinsky quote above, she put on the required disguise needed to assume a role where she would and could be most effective according to her communist agenda? What if Merkel wants to recreate the Soviet Union but in her image and with her leading it? What if she is trying to create a communist EUSSR superstate? Fanciful? Well, read on. Make up your own mind. Her rise to power, a story of overnight transformation and a series of coups and betrayals is illuminating. Well, I'm out of time. But I promise Monday, when I come back for the 2 o'clock show... I will start with Angela Merkel's history of betrayal. That should be interesting. Hmm. And why? Eh, who cares? Well, hey, Germany is Europe. Okay? And, oh, our big ally over there now. Oh, yeah, she's our big ally. Oh, we, we just like her. Obama can't get enough of her. He just loves her. She's the only one standing, folks. The only communist left standing. Obama's gone, Blair is gone, the others are all gone. 
time to say goodbye to Angela, the communist sleeper cell Merkel, I'd say. But then again, I'm not German, so. Anyways, I gotta go. As always, thanks for listening. We got great stuff coming up. religious and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement. Can your family survive a food shortage lasting two weeks, six months, or maybe longer? Sound far-fetched? We live in precarious times. There is an ever-increasing possibility of food shortages caused by terrorist attacks, natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse. You owe it to yourself and family to prepare, and you can by getting a supply of our long-storing, freeze-dried, and dehydrated foods. Our foods are time-tested to store for decades, require a minimum of time and energy to prepare, while maintaining superior nutritional value, freshness, and taste. Our foods were designed for the space program and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. Contact the Freeze Dry Guy today at freezedryguy at lancet.com. That's freezedryguy at l-a-n-s-e-t.com or call 530-265-8333. 530-265-8333. And let them know you heard it on American Voice Radio. What makes deep sea salt from France so different? Up from the ocean depths in the south of France flow undersea rivers of pristine sea water. At high tide, the prepared salt ponds are filled with this water. Over spring and summer, processed only by ocean breezes and sunshine, the brine thickens and salt crystals float to the top. These are harvested with nets and deposited on wooden drainage flats to dry. The salt is then gathered up, packaged, and shipped around the world. This salt is much more than a box of lifeless sodium chloride. Soldiers worth their salt were once paid with this valuable commodity. It contains 78 to 84 balancing elements. This is living salt, and once you have tasted it, you will never go back to anything else. I've seen this salt in gourmet shops for $30 a pound. Get it now at 4spectrum.us for under $8 a pound. Order 10 pounds and enter the coupon code AVRSALT at checkout and save $20. Ships free to your door or call 800-581-8906. Order today. The U.S. dollar is fluctuating. Gasoline reserves are low and the price is rising. World events are at best uncertain. How would you fare a stock market crash, hyperinflation, or an overall economic collapse? What would you do if you woke up and the U.S. dollar had the buying power of a penny? Call Swiss America at 1-800-BUY-COIN for a free 21-page report explaining the current economic dangers and how you can take steps to protect yourself and family.
family. Call Swiss America at 1-800-BUY-COIN. That's 1-800-289-2646. 1-800-289-2646. To learn how you can become prepared, call 1-800-289-2646. And mention you heard it on the American Voice Radio Network. Fighting soldiers from the sky Fearless men who jump and die Men who mean just what they say The brave men of the Green Beret Silver wings upon their chest These are men America's best 100 men will test today but only three when the green beret trained to live off nature's land trained in combat hand to hand men who fight by night and day So for 30 minutes, I was uh, not here. 
And uh, it's an uncomfortable feeling, uh, sort of. Uh, this time, I uh, was preparing for bed and uh, just uh, ended up flat on my face. Now, it's a good thing my head is hard because apparently uh, my first point of contact, as a paratrooper might describe it, uh, was uh, my forehead. Thank God I don't have a, that big of a nose. And um, so I got a, quite a lump on the forehead, and, my, and, I, and I was said to have a puddle of blood, uh, EMT said, that I was lying in. Anyway, I, somehow or other, uh, I injured my, myself internally, uh, my ribs, that area. And uh, uh, this time, uh, you know, EMTs came, and uh, I've got 27 air medals and a distinguished flying cross. So and I've been in a fly, flyer, you know, for all these, well, for 50 years, an instructor for over 40 years. And so I know when I'm airborne, <laughs> and I could tell that I was airborne, but I don't remember a thing about uh, the hospital. And thank God, because they're punching holes in you and all this kind of stuff. At any rate, uh, uh, the first trip was Nellis uh, Air Force Base, where they did everything that I'd ever heard of and a bunch of stuff I hadn't, uh, including nuclear uh, chemical stress tests and uh, things I hope I never have to take again. This was a civilian hospital. They, every test, some of them uh, that I didn't uh, take in Nellis, I don't know if they missed them. Uh, but but um, you know, these... Uh, You name it. They hook electrodes to your head, you know, about 10 of them. <laughs> and uh, at the end, they look at me and say, well, you uh, seem uh, very fit. So I was glad to get out of the hospital. And uh, once I'm back out, I realize what the world is like. Uh, there was a young man who lost his life by misadventure here in uh, Sandy Valley, leaving behind a very young family. My goodness, you know, God be praised, the day I'm out of the hospital, uh, here is this trouble. And uh, we have a number of mortuaries in uh, lost wages, as I prefer to call it. They all uh, kind of work like a big spider web. They have a rotation system and so uh, families out here in Sandy Valley, if you look on a map, you probably won't even be able to find Sandy Valley. Uh, it is uh, 50 miles southwest of Lost Wages as a crow flies. And uh, the end of the runway is California. And we are divided also by four counties, Clark County and uh, San Bernardino County, which is California, and then Inyo County is all part of Sandy Valley, which is also California, but a different county, and Nye County, which is a very close. And so uh, people that live out, it's the hole in the wall 
It really is. There's one road in and one road out. Uh, there is no highway. So who would come to Sandy Valley? Well, in Los uh, Angeles, Los Angeles, uh, back in, uh, oh, just before 83, I uh, had a reason to get out of Dodge. And uh, I needed some place where I would have privacy. The media was driving me nuts. And so uh, a fellow came up to me, sort of, you know, like a, out of the blue, and said, uh, Bo, if you will go to Las Vegas, a guy will pick you up and take you to a place where nobody will ever find you that you don't want them to. And by golly, uh, that was the truth. <laughs> this guy uh, told me, uh, I mean, it was wonderful. Uh, this was a little airport, uh, a lot of dirt roads. And uh, we used to test fire submachine guns off the front porch. We used uh, uh, testing new developments in suppressors for high-powered rifles from a little two-story house that was the biggest house on the airport, uh, shooting at a stop sign that would, because there was never any traffic <laughs> that was out there at a range of uh, probably 300 and 400 yards. And Sandy Valley was perfect. And the fellow was good enough to say, you pick out any lot you want, Bo, and uh, it's yours uh, for free. So I settled in here. It's my dream I put in the concrete in the foundation of my little house. And uh, my wife at the time added nightmare <laughs> because for women, there's no piggly wiggly. Uh, there's no place to get your hair done. Uh, you got to drive 100 miles for gas and all this kind of stuff. And for men, it's absolutely wonderful. There's a lot of dust around. But the families that live out here are either uh, retired. Uh, they are like me. They want to be away. They have reasons to be out of the public eye. and uh, Or they're just poor. This is the this where the train you know how you kind of get to the end of the line and there's a bunch of railroad ties at the end of the tracks? That's it. <laughs> so Sandy Valley is kind of it. <laughs> this is uh, where the train tracks stop. So when a, uh, a man who was raised, and you know what's so cute about this family, you talk about uh, Disney and love affairs, uh, this man was born in Oceanside, California, which is a beautiful area uh, just to the north and along the beach uh, from San Diego. I've flown over it many, many times. Uh, there's a, a, a very high-frequency omnidirectional radio range there. And then Palomar is a little airport that I've landed at many times. And uh, his uh, wife... And he grew up together. They were born there in Oceanside. And when they were four years old, Dennis asked Pipa to be his bride, to marry him. And so they were friends from the time that Pipa was born. And uh, they have uh, three just 
absolute angels for children. The little three-year-old boy looks like a beautician curled his hair in the tightest possible curls all over his head. And like me, they'll probably have to give him shots when he goes to public school because he's, uh, he's, his RPMs are redlined. Now, the little girl is in the second grade, and then uh, young Andy, uh, he's in kindergarten. This young family, all of a sudden, is without uh, a husband, without a father, uh, and in Sandy Valley, a lot of people say you got to go 100 miles over a mountain pass and down the other side uh, to get any kind of work and lost wages. Lost wages has got 20% unemployed. And so most people just kind of make a living around uh, the valley. And so that was... Uh, the case with Dennis. And, uh, you know, to get out of the hospital, uh, be looking around, uh, wondering if your feet are still on the ground and if you're vertical. My side was uh, aching like there was a spear uh, embedded in it. And uh, then to see this kind of trouble, I thought I wanted, uh, I knew I uh, had a duty to come back on the radio, but you know, somebody has got to meet with these bureau rats. There is a crime that is going on. You hear about the uh, crimes of having white uh, or female slaves, young people for slaves that are captured as children, and then uh, they're made to you know do things uh, and this kind of stuff. Well, there's something that's equal to slavery, I think. And you hear about kidnapping. Well, when someone has the remains of uh, your most beloved one, and they say, until the bill is paid in full, we have not another word to say. And when the, the wife, in this case, Pipa, is saying, I just want to see my husband. You know, can I just see him? And they say, uh, he is in central uh, refrigeration, and there will be no further action taken until your bill is paid in full. And she gets up and walks out. Now, it wouldn't be so bad, except the main room is filled primarily with minority groups who have lost loved ones uh, through only God knows. There's no line. There's no checklist. It's just a gang. The only reason that we got in that room is because I uh, identified what looked like a person that might work there and jumped on him, and uh, he agreed I didn't have to hurt him anymore. Uh, he didn't know my side was aching so much. And so he put us in this side room. And this woman came in and made these demands. I said, you know, this is ransom. This is kidnapping. This is extortion. This woman has nothing. And yet you're saying that she nor her children can have the remains so they can be properly buried? 
until the bill is paid in full. And this uh, lady representing uh, Memorial, a Desert Memorial Funeral Home says, that's right. And then I said, well, could you please, maybe we can whittle this thing down somehow. Because the bill was $3,800 and change. And so the lady sat down and she started itemizing. And the first number on the list was $550. And I said, ma'am, can you explain to me what this is? And it read off-site chapel. And she said, well, you're not using our chapel to conduct the funeral service. So there's a premium charge of $550, not for using a facility, but because you're not using it. And then I said, well, uh, what's this next thing? She said, well, that's $300 for delivery of uh, the casket and the remains. And I said, $300? I said, what if... If I uh, come by and pick up uh, the casket in my truck, and she said, well, uh, you can tell me. I said, what if we get some people out there together? Well, we got talent in Sandy Valley. It's just uh, identifying it that can make the, uh, the casket. And she said, well, if you're going to do all this stuff yourself, she said, here is. And, you know, it was only like... Uh, $300 less. And I said, so, <laughs> ma'am, tell me, please, how does any human being who has, uh, who doesn't have a fat wallet or a bank account or uh, a big uh, thing on your charge card, how? And she said, we have nothing else to talk about. When the bill is paid in full, then we'll talk about the next steps. Got up and walked out. Gee, many. Do you know this lady who's about 25, her three little children, how long would it take her, when her husband was the bread maker, to get a job to work to pay off 3800 bucks? I mean, it is... Criminal. It is like, and they capture uh, that they kidnap. It's like Mexico, where they kidnap you and then they want to ransom you back. It's like Afghanistan, Iraq. It is. What is the difference? Saying until, I mean, this could be the uh, Al Qaeda, could be the Taliban speaking. Until you have paid the ransom in full, we have nothing to talk about. You can't see him. You can't touch him. We won't even talk about him. And finally, whatever you do, they really have nothing to sell. So you come up with $3,800, and then they say, oh, okay, uh, we'll deliver him. Well, the good news about Sandy Valley is that uh, the grave, you know, the plot is free. Uh, you just have to have it dug. And so friends uh, today are out uh, digging a plot. And I got so uh, 
irritated. You know, there's something about uh, being a uh, a combat vet of years of sleeping on the ground that causes uh, this rage that you keep uh, locked away when you are attacking children, especially, and defenseless people. You know, my motto is the oppresso liber. We liberate the oppressed. The reason I live is to help those who cannot help themselves. And so uh, here's this woman, uh, and I, I can feel this rage beginning to come through. The bottom line is that we left there. Uh, the bill is paid. We're going forward uh, with a funeral. But I want you to think about yourself. Think what would happen today if by misadventure, by uh, automobile accident. I mean, uh, look at me. One uh, second, I'm vertical, uh, thinking, uh, you know, busy thoughts, all the things I have to do. And the next second, I'm not here. And uh, yet, you know, I come back, and according to all of the electronical, chemical, uh, medical, they say, geez, Bo, uh, you seem fit to us. We don't know where you go or uh, who's got you or how long they're going to hold on to you. Uh, but you're back. Think, though, what would happen? And uh, I, 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 I tell you, I spend a lot of time in prayer trying to find answers to some of these things. I remember something that happened in Vietnam when uh, I see children maimed and killed. Uh, it does something to me. And I quit believing in God for about a second. I just screamed in my soul, why? Why did these things happen? And I was blaming God. And the Holy Spirit uh, is, uh, is very, very kind, spoke to me. I know you may think I'm crazy, but it happens. Not a lot, but it's happened uh, on a few occasions. And said, uh, this hurts me more than you. I mean, I'm quoting. I'll never forget these words. They're emblazoned uh, in my mind. Uh, this is not my war. This is your war. And then the key point was, you must understand that innocence must suffer, that the guilty may be punished. So I don't know whether Piper and her little family uh, had to endure uh, now what is uh, ongoing so that uh, places like these damnable funeral homes, now I know, I hear you, you need somebody that can prepare, you need uh, you know, people that sell caskets, 
Uh, you need uh, maybe, you know, if you're indigent, uh, chapels. Uh, but when they charge you over $500 because you don't use their chapel, <laughs> now that's criminal. So uh, there, I just uh, told uh, Pipa and uh, the family, I said, listen, we got to get out of here. I mean, I, I'm like a, a hand grenade. I said, we got to get out of here. And uh, this bill, uh, we pay it in full. And we let God uh, handle uh, the insensitivity, of the criminal uh, conduct of people who will ransom out the remains of loved ones, uh, especially to the poor. And uh, I'm going to have to take a little bit of a pause uh, coming up here. I got a lot of news that I need to share with you. But this, of course, uh, is uh, just boiled to the top of my mind. I have to share it uh, because people that uh, don't have uh, near-death experiences, people that don't lose loved ones like right now, maybe uh, they're not thinking. Maybe they're thinking just about uh, the gaiety of Christmas and uh, the last-minute shopping they have to do. Think what happens if all of a sudden uh, you now are not there and you or a loved one of yours now has to be uh, tended to so that they can have a civilized, a, uh, a decent burial. And, and, and investigate into it. I mean, you will find that one of the largest criminal uh, syndications, I think, is this uh, consortium that runs uh, these funeral homes. All right, I'm going to give you a little pause. I'll be right back. Kindly stay right where you are with American Voice Radio. I'll get right down to the news, I promise, as soon as we come back. survive a food shortage lasting two weeks, six months, or maybe longer? Sound far-fetched? We live in precarious times. There is an ever-increasing possibility of food shortages caused by terrorist attacks, natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse. You owe it to yourself and family to prepare, and you can by getting a supply of our long-storing, freeze-dried, dehydrated foods. Our foods are time-tested to store for decades, require a minimum of time and energy to prepare while maintaining superior nutritional value, freshness, and taste. Our foods were designed for the space program and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. Contact the Freeze Dry Guy today at freezedryguy at lancet.com. That's freezedryguy at l-a-n-s-e-t.com or call 530-265-8333. 530-265-8333. And let them know you heard it on American Voice Radio. 
Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Let TalkStream Live transform the way you listen to radio. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Here's what an expert says about distilled water. If you decide on bottled water, make sure it's distilled. However, in the long run, you'll save money if you clean your water at home. It's more convenient than hauling gallon jugs from the store. The gold standard for purifying your water is a system that distills your water and filters it. You have the comfort of knowing there is no chlorine, fluoride, bacteria, viruses, pesticides, or lead. You get nothing but H2O, maximum health. Dr. Robert D. Willis, Jr., M.D. Order your tabletop water distiller for $139.99 postpaid. It comes with everything you need to get pure distilled water. Go to superstore.theamericanvoice.com. That's superstore.theamericanvoice.com. Order now. The U.S. dollar is fluctuating. Gasoline reserves are low and the price is rising. stock market crash, hyperinflation, or an overall economic collapse? What would you do if you woke up and the U.S. dollar had the buying power of a penny? Call Swiss America at 1-800-BUY-COIN for a free 21-page report explaining the current economic dangers and how you can take steps to protect yourself and family. Call Swiss America at 1-800-BUY-COIN. That's one 800 289 1-800-289-2646. To learn how you can become prepared, call 1-800-289-2646 and mention you heard it on the American Voice Radio Network. cell phone for business or staying in touch with family, your cell phone use is increasing. Use the Wave Shield, developed for ultimate cellular protection. The Wave Shield blocks, reduces, and deflects up to 97% of the radiation from entering the soft tissue of your ear. The Wave Shield, made of a patented mesh material, is proven and tested to block radiation without affecting reception. Order your Wave Shield today for only $19.95. Did he just say $19.95? Hey, times are tough, so American Voice Radio Network is cutting the price to $17.95. That's right, $17.95 plus mailing. You can protect yourself, family, and friends from cell phone danger to your inner ear. $17.95 at TheAmericanVoice.com. That's the superstore at TheAmericanVoice.com. $17.95 plus mailing. Order now. American Voice. 
Space Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Army, 
I was a regular Army officer, but if I would have been in, you know, just the Munduki Askari, Swahili for, uh, you know, for grunt, for soldier, I'd have never made it. I don't like regulations. I like doing what is righteous at the time. And so at the time, I listened to these men who were homosexual, and it had come out. And instead of just saying, Sergeant Major, uh, give them their... Now, I have said that to the Sergeant Major. In some cases, I've said, Sergeant Major, give them their walking papers and get him out of here. Don't let the sun set without this man uh, being processed and on his way out of the military. But in other cases, I have counseled, listened, and I have they have promised me that they would never do it again. And I, I've got a heart for this kind of thing. I did wrong. I should have thrown them out of the military. Because what they did is they don't tell the truth. Now, you may say, well, now, Bo, you can't say that about everybody. That's true. But do you know something? When it's consistent, then you think it's different? When people tell me, uh, Colonel, uh, please, uh, you know, let me stay in the Army. Uh, I will never, I swear to you, I put my hand on my mother's grave. I'll never, ever, ever do this again. It's not, they can't do it. And I understand uh, about homosexuality. And I understand that in most cases, it's probably not their fault. But do you know something? They are like a person with smoking or coffee drinking or doping uh, or gambling or uh, whoring or whatever else you get addicted to. They end up because it is they they are worldly they are living in the world this is the appetite this is the attraction and so they lie they don't tell the truth and i have been sorry because you see they don't stop and now it's up to another commander and another commander well, I guess what we thank God that we do have people that follow regulations. Anyway, the House is voting today on don't ask, don't tell. Now, they're going to pass it. Then it goes to the Senate. Now, it's up until the 18th, and I think Congress has pretty well got it in mind that they're, I know Obama's headed uh, for. Hawaii, and so we're looking at uh, three days here. The House will turn it over to the Senate. The Senate would have to pass it, and then they'd have to reconcile the House bill and the Senate bill so that it's exactly punctuation, spelling, phraseology, everything, the same. Then they uh, vote up if there's any changes. They have to vote on it again if there's any changes. And then it goes with both House and the Senate uh, passing. It goes to the president to be signed into law. 
Well, 18th, Obama, you know, is heading for Hawaii. It's Christmas. Well, you can't say Christmas in the White House, but it's, uh, you know, it's the season. And so he's going to take off and go to uh, Hawaii and uh, wouldn't have anything uh, as important as our military stand in the way. You know what is interesting? God bless the United States Marine Corps. Now, the real Marines, I love them all. There's a lot of wannabe Marines that are full of stories that uh, if you've been in combat, you can tell in about five seconds, you know, whether uh, this uh, is a gas bag or whether this is a real thing. I went down as a young man, hard as woodpecker lips, to join the Marine Corps because as a good Okie, uh, I wanted to be in the toughest, roughest, I wanted to be a paramarine, and I didn't know it, but they didn't even have paramarines uh, when I went down in the 50s to join the Marine Corps. The sergeant was out to lunch. I would have been in the Marine Corps and a, and a survivor of Quezon, which was a major Marine Corps battle over in Vietnam uh, as the war was closing out. Uh, the enemy almost overran Quezon. A sergeant who survived that said, you know, Colonel, if that Marine Corps recruiting uh, sergeant would have been uh, in and you'd have joined the Marine Corps, you'd be brain dead by now. And the government wouldn't have to worry about you being such a problem. Well, I told him, I said, I take that as a compliment, Sarge, you know, coming from you being a survivor of Quezon. I love young Marines. I love the idea Duty, honor, country. And do you know what the Marine Corps Commandant has done? The Marine Corps Commandant has said no to this serving openly as homosexuals in the military. The Marine Corps Commandant says, I oppose getting rid of this law that was passed by Congress. He says, I'm worried about my Marines. You know, most of the Marines, uh, unlike, it takes usually the number is eight, and they, they change it. You know, it goes back and forth. Uh, I don't know exactly what the number is, but it's either seven, eight, or nine uh, support, service support people to every combatant, everybody that's on the tip of the bayonet, you got seven, eight, or nine guys back there that's taking care of the paperwork, uh, the boots, and the beans, uh, and uh, the, the bombs, stuff like this. Well, uh, most of the Marines, uh, that's really not the case. They got a much higher rate of fighters. And I love the Marine Corps Commandant. Now, a lot of times uh, they do things that you know, make me think, what in the world are they thinking with or about? But this time, Marine Corps Commandant has hit it right square on the nose. He said, I'm worried about my Marines. I'm opposed to all of this. Now, what does Gates know? Secretary, a Republican appointed by Obama, because he just couldn't uh, appoint uh, any more czars.
into jobs like the Secretary of Defense. Anyway, Gates says he supports it. Gates has lied. I don't like Gates anymore. Gates has lied in saying that this will not cause any problem to the military. You know, that is, and the numbers that the media got were administrative-type surveys. These are the guys who are in service support. These are people who uh, don't, uh, haven't, and are not likely to go hand-to-glenn in combat. The combat soldiers are, the percentage is 90% oppose this. I mean, what is this business about being openly uh, homosexual in the military? What does that mean, that when you're openly heterosexual, you uh, wear it on your T-shirt or something? I mean, whatever happened to just serving? And that's the whole idea. Don't ask, don't tell. You can serve. Be a soldier. Be an administrator. Be a mechanic. Be an infantryman. Just keep your, uh, your, so your whatever your lifestyle is to yourself. And don't uh, you know, press it on anybody else, especially in the military, where they you know, may take offense to it. But no, we have this society today of this special interest. And it is the special interest of every civilization that has crashed and burned. And I mean literally. What do you think Sodom and Gomorrah was about? It was about homosexuality out of control. And... They were destroyed by fire and brimstone. You can still go to that area and bring back brimstone. Person, people have, and I've got samples of it myself. Now, let me mention, and so the House votes today. The Senate will get it probably tomorrow. But uh, will they make it? And then, you know, this is a lame duck these people are gone. These are Democrats. They're still the ones that are in office. Well, it all everybody that we voted on in November, they don't take over until January 2nd. So on January 2nd, they're going to probably reverse a lot of stuff anyway. So what's the big deal about this? Do you know, the last time I talked to you, the death toll in Iraq, was 1,423 American men and women killed in action. Do you know, that's the last time I talked to you. The death toll today, just before the program, 1,435. That's 12 more than it was when I left here for a while. My gosh, now the number, total number is 5,865. When are we going to extract our head and wipe clear our eyes and see there is nothing right now 
not 93% of the world's heroin, not uh, the Taliban, which we put in over there to keep them from going tribal after we ran the Russians out. There's nothing worth 5,865 of our best. So, Marine Corps Commandant, I salute you, sir. And I cry out, and I pain for all the families of the 5,865 who have sacrificed all for what, and they admit, I'm listening to O'Reilly last night. I'm driving back from uh, putting a brochure together, you know, for the funeral. And um, and so O'Reilly was on the radio, and he is, uh, you know, talking about uh, Iraq and Afghanistan. And he says, well, we all know that George Bush has uh, recognized the fact that uh, uh, there wasn't any weapons of mass destruction, and so we shouldn't have ever been over there. Well, what are we doing there? I mean, are we going to wait until we say that we hear uh, Rush Limbaugh or Hannity or somebody say, well, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, we really shouldn't have got involved in that Afghanistan. And there are thousands of young Americans that are being buried under protest of these people that come from this uh, so-called, it's not a real Baptist church, you know, where they uh, protest all the GIs and the government and the soldiers. Gee, many Christmas. What has our nation come to? You know, they have, they're having anti-Christ parades in some towns. Do you know that the great state of Tennessee, look at the great people that have come from Tennessee. The school, the state school superintendent is warning the schools, don't say Christmas. Oh, <laughs> how stupid are we? You know, we got a, a couple of acronyms in the military. One of them is called uh, Bohica, and uh, it means bend over, here it comes again. Now, how dumb are we that you can't say Christmas? Get out of town. Who are these educators? Who are these school people? Great state of Tennessee? Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.